What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Can We Keep It Real podcast. How are we doing, man? Gonna have a great conversation today. Making a transition from youth to high school football. We got several coaches in the house today. I'm gonna bring them up and let them introduce themselves. But first, you know, we gotta have a horseman up in here. Shout out to Voice Sports. This is streaming on all platforms. And if you're a head coach, hit one of the links. You can definitely get up in here. But you already know we got to have Coach Twilight up in the house. You know, um, just let me get this out of here. But it's going to be a great, great show today. Coach Twilight in the house. How we doing, Coach? Give me one second to get the music off here. There we go. Coach Twilight, can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yup, yup. 10-4, One second. We were slacking today, but welcome to the show. We're going to have another coach from Maryland. Coach Joey Walker he should be already up on the stage, I believe. Um, if not, we'll get him up in. Oh, here he is now. Coach Walker, uh, Coach Twilight. Um, how we doing today, everybody? Oh, you know, I'm just chilling, just chilling. That's all I know how to do right now. I got, I, I'm sitting here with my dog and uh, got my kids there at uh, high school workouts, and uh, it's Sunday. It is Sunday, and I thought it'd be a great show to um to have that conversation conversation making a transition from youth to high school football. In the room, we also have Coach Fitz, Coach Joey Walker, um. If y'all can hear me, um, Coach Fitz, you can introduce yourself first if you would like. Um, um, my name is Coach Fitz, Fitzgerald. I reside in Orlando, Florida. I, I was coaching youth football before at the Pop Warner level. Now I have my first uh, high school opportunity. I'll be coaching D-line and wide receiver coach at a high school called Taylor DeWitt High School in Volusia County, Florida. Excellent, excellent. Coach Joey Walker, you want to introduce yourself and can everybody hear me okay? I can hear you, I, I can hear you clearly. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I got you. All right, Coach Walker, how you doing? Welcome to the platform. Uh, you can introduce yourself for the panel. I appreciate it. My name is Joey Walker. I'm a, a varsity de- uh, defense coordinator here in Maryland. I'm at the Severn School. Um, got started in, in coaching probably back in like an 06. Um, when I moved on, I got out of the military and started in youth ball for three years. And then I did the transition to, to high school after that. And then in, been in high school ever since. Well, thank you for your service. Um, you know, going from youth football to high school football, I think it can be a challenge for a lot of kids. Uh, I know Coach Twilight himself. I know him and, and I know he works with a lot of the youth kids. Coach Twilight, what do you think the toughest challenge is going from youth football to high school football? Them not knowing to go in the weight room before, to go, before getting into high school. Thinking the youth is going to be just like high school. They're going to dominate, and, and, and the kids are bigger, stronger, and faster. So if kids are not hitting the weight room by at least 7th and 8th grade and knowing that they have to stay in the weight room, it's going to be a very good challenge. Also, educationally, they're, they're not understanding that the grades now start to count as when you jump into that first classroom the first day of school. Agreed. What do you guys – do you guys um, 
you guys uh, agree on that? You know, the weight room, the education part from going from youth to high school football? I, I can't. Both. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Um, yeah, I think so with the with school, definitely with education, especially being in the – I did public school for a couple of years, especially with private when your classes are accelerated and they're, and they're much harder in that part of the aspect of being able to learn, and especially on the physical side of you got to hit the weight room. If you don't, you're going to be a day late and a dollar short. I say $2, but – Y'all nice. I'm mean to kids. <laughs> I, I, I tell them truly. I'm and and the whole thing about they 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 and we we as uh as parents and, and as coaches we got to stop sugarcoating it for them. You know, I don't know about you all, but I was raised in the '80s and the '90s, and sometimes honesty wasn't the high wasn't the uh, honesty wasn't the priority on people's lists, but they gave it to us. Nowadays, we just don't want to be honest with the kids and tell them that you know you got to keep your grades up. As soon as you hit school, parents will be like, oh, how's your class, Jimmy? And Jimmy like, I'm good. And knowing Jimmy three weeks in, failing math already. And then, yeah. you know, you get to the to, to the thing. And then most schools nowadays, especially in my district uh, and, or any, in Pennsylvania, we play in the boundary line. So we don't have the major prep school. So Jimmy could be playing on the ninth grade team and not even caring, knowing that's going to count even if he ain't playing varsity. Right. So, so we, we, we as parents, we got to stop sugarcoating it. Stop being nice. If you want your kids to go to college, you need to jump on their net. I'm sorry. You need to make sure you're uh, in, enforcing education first. And then if you want them to be in the weight room, go ahead. Make sure you're putting them in the weight room, but make sure it's someone who knows what they're doing. We get these janky trainers, and then all of a sudden, everybody become a trainer. I agree. Go ahead, Maybe guys. Just, if you guys, you guys can just have just a nice, have nice parallel, parallel conversation. You guys are the coaches. Um, I mean, I, I see a lot of that, too. The school I work at now, it's a middle school and high school. Uh, so we have the capabilities of seeing a lot of our talent that we're going to have. And just a lot of the points that you touched on, not caring about the grades. Um, we all know they're going through stuff, trying to figure out themselves as young men, too. That's a big thing that I see. Uh, they get into trouble that they shouldn't get in you shouldn't get into but i know that's part of growing up but you know i'll give us for us we have a kid that's coming into ninth grade he moved from south carolina really good running back really didn't get into too many trouble but now he's getting into trouble iss every other day uh lunch detentions just little small stuff that just shows that he's just not focused he already's telling me he's not going to be able to make it to a lot of the spring practices because he's focused on aau basketball which I'll never try to compete if you want to play another sport, but I just would like to see him be a little bit more committed to the process of uh, what we're trying to do here. And, and see that I, I agree with you right there, coach. I know everybody wants to be a two, three, four, five, ten, twelve at sport athlete, but at the end of the day, boys, what's your love? Because I mean, me myself, I'm gonna keep it real. Like I, I understand, you know, you got your girlfriend and you got your mistress. Okay, football's your love. That's your girlfriend. Everything else, that's you know, that's the second girl. That's the side chick, as y'all call. I mean, you can't give you can't give your dedication to the one main person that you're supposed to give it to, and you need to get that dedication. You need to learn how to eat right. Most of these kids, where I'm at, they don't even understand to have a nutritionist and a specific uh, position coach trainer and a trainer trainer. Agreed. 
And then you got to have the no, person, no your counselor that's in your corner talking about, let me help you get registered for the NCAA clearinghouse at a ninth grade level if you got the good grades. So you can start to get that attention and that buzz for this, for your your uh, your career. See, most of it look at is just, I'm going to high school. Mm-hmm. I think we lost him. Yeah, he'll be back on. Uh, there he is. They be calling me. Shout out to Voice Sports. They be trying to call me, and I'm trying to explain to them what's going on. Y'all about to take a tour of me while I take this drive to pick my son up and talk to y'all because he's, matter of fact, just getting out of the high school weight room. But let me explain to y'all. It, it, it's a formula. If you don't know the formula of how to help kids get there, then we're all. Well, yeah, you I, I can y'all hear me? I apologize. Yeah, we can hear you now, Coach Charlie. Go ahead. Hold on, let me back out. Good. If you guys want to pick up where he left off, just till he comes yeah. back in. I mean, a lot of the points he hit on is definitely things you know I see. Another thing is you know um, who I, I I coach at. It's not a predominantly football school, so I, I'm trying to build a tradition here. The school I was at before, um, you know, very good football program. The city loves football, so I'm trying to build that here. But a lot of parents are, you know, a little query about having their children play football. And that's another issue that I'm trying to get through because I understand that, you know, there are situations where it can be dangerous. But I just I, I personally feel like all sports have that same sort of thing that you can go through. I understand football can be uh you know, very hard hitting sport, but lacrosse is hard hitting. Soccer is hard hitting. They all have their, you know, situations. But that's something that I'm trying to fight through myself, just trying to get the numbers up. No, you're right. And you could get hurt like getting out of bed. But I know them non-football towns, the non-football communities. It's really tough to explain to them, you know, what we need to get a good program together. So I know what you're up against. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me, for me, for me, what goes what goes on the most? You deal with parents. We were talking about the ninth graders coming in. Let's be honest. It starts with DNA first. How big are they? How small are they? Just like some some parents have this have this um this idea of their their five their five foot two D lineman think 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 he's gonna he's gonna be the next kid that goes to a power five school, and that's not gonna happen. So it's also about it's also about being realistic about that about what that player brings and what and what can you do for him to be to have fun for the next four years of his high school career. I think that's the biggest thing too. We got to remember that we got to make it fun. I feel like the more fun we have, the more kids we'll have coming out, more enjoyable the practice will be. I mean, we still want to, you know, be stern and teach them something at the end of the day. But uh, that's something I'm trying to work on, especially with this year. I just from watching a lot of the tape and talking to former players that were at this school, it just seems like they don't have fun here. It's just football is not fun. So, What's your school enrollment like? Uh, it's low school. We're 2A here in Florida. We have up to 8A uh, in Florida. Uh, I believe we only have 1,300 school students enrolled. But then again, like I said, it's a middle school and high school. So the school's split in half. So it's really low enrollment. I would kill for thirteen hundred, but I'm a, I'm a private school, I'm a small private school in Maryland, so like four hundred and fifty from ninth through twelfth. So yeah, it probably I would say probably you deal with those dual athletes. 
Mm, yep. And I mean, but we don't have a lot of sports because we don't have a lot of funding. So they don't have a lot of the other sports as, uh, as other schools. This is a big baseball school. Chipper Jones went to this high school. So it's a big baseball school and soccer school uh, more uh, than it is a football school. But um, we got some kids that want to come out. We definitely have some talent that I think in the next couple of years that uh, we definitely can build on. But it's just going to be a process just to keep them engaged. You know, like we have a weightlifting program. We got a lot of kids coming out. We got a uh, eighth grader that's getting up there almost to 200 pounds. It's probably going to have to play tackle for us. But uh, just trying to keep all the kids engaged, you know, that's that's the biggest thing for me. More More numbers, more bodies, you know, not have so many people playing both sides of the ball. Had a lot of injuries. Stuff like that. That that goes back just to my experience of coming from high from from youth ball to high school was the the practice tempo. Yeah. Um, went, went to a clinic went to a clinic years ago and it was a a, a former SEC uh, D line coach for a, at a Glazier clinic and uh, and one thing that one thing that he was talking about was if you had to say a sentence. Keep Breaking it in buzzwords. Keep it short. Keep it in buzzwords. Keep it short and sweet, and um, yeah. and go and go and do it that way. Yeah, I agree. That practice time, yeah, going from youth football to high school is a lot different. Um, especially if you're at a smaller school like me, I have to coach multiple groups, so everything I kind of just have to have a plan of what I want to do every day and, and uh, keep it moving. Coach Twilight is back. No sound, Coach. No sound. Can't hear you, Coach. No. It's like you're on mute. Check and make sure you're not nope. muted. Yeah, you might have to tap out and tap back in to, to get his sound right. Um, tap back out, Coach, and come back. How do you guys, do you guys have any help with, as far as from your administration, you know, with the um, assistant coaches and stuff and the high school coach I'm talking about, do you have trouble putting a staff together because of there's only so many paid slots or is your school, everybody got a paid slot? Um, well, that, that that's part of the reason I went to this school. Um, I was at another high school before they were, you know, very big, you know, winning state championships, regional finals, but I was, you know, just volunteer and I wasn't really doing anything, but just helping out or putting some equipment down. Uh, this school, I mean, they don't have a lot of money, but they are willing to pay me something. The athletic director, they just hired a new athletic director. I just, I liked his energy. That's really why I decided to go to this school. They just, they have high dreams and expectations. And uh, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't say every coach is paid. We definitely do have issues finding assistant coaches and people that want to coach there. But um, uh, you, you, you just got to do what you can, you know. Can't cry about it. No, you definitely can't. I see that a lot, that that there seems to be a problem with funding to bring in good coaches. And, you know, and volunteers are only going to do – not all of – there's some great volunteers, but some at high school level, <laughs> you know, you might only get volunteer work. The state of Florida has a big problem paying their high school coaches. That's why all of them are going to uh, all the other states. Uh, are you back, Coach? Can you hear us? Oh, you don't have to worry about that, huh? What'd you say, Coach? In a private school, most of the time, all the assistants are usually paid, so they usually don't have a problem with that. Yeah. 
And I think that becomes a problem, especially if you want to build a championship team. Now, these administrations are only giving you a couple seasons. You know, you've got a couple of years to build something. And uh, some of the private schools, it's nice that they have the funding. Um, and public schools, you want to compete. I guess that's what you have to do is bring in um, some more funding, bring in some quality coaches. Yeah. I just I think it's hard. It's it's a lot harder now. Uh, you know, the numbers for people wanting to play football are going down a lot more. Uh, you have to convince parents that, you know, like you said, their baby's not going to get hurt. Uh, it's, it's just a lot more difficult, but I, it's something that can be done. I still enjoy it. This is what I want to do. This is what my passion is. So I'm, you know, going to keep grinding, you know, to the last breath that I have, you know, coaching football. That's just what I want to do. So, um you know, it's not the perfect world like I thought it was going to be, but, you know, it's definitely doable. All right, let's see if Coach Twilight fixed his sound yet. Coach? I can hear you. Can Nope. Um, can you hear us? We can't hear you yet. All right, you can hear us. We have a problem hearing you. I'm not sure if you have a mic in there, Bluetooth mic. Uh, I'm not sure why I can't get sound from Coach Twilight, but we'll let Coach Twilight figure that out. Um. You're definitely unmuted. So, yeah, sometimes when you're driving around, it's just a little bit tougher to uh, to get it get it done. But what's your greatest part about being a coach in your particular program? We'll start with uh, Coach Walker. The greatest thing about being a being a coach in my program, actually, I'm a new, I'm a we're we're a brand new staff this year. So, with the school that I'm at now, so we're trying to. That's because it's a small. That's a small team, and and um, bringing it. We got ten guys that are energetic, full of energy, ready to ready to go, make things happen, and um, try to, and try to see try to see what structure and things that we can put in place. And overall, again, just change the culture and, and make it be what what it used to be. And how about you, Coach Fitz? Um, I, I like the kids that are there, man. I'm not going to lie. They, they, they really grown on me. We start spring first spring meeting on Tuesday and just, I work at the school too, doing some other work and just a lot of the players and stuff. Uh, I really enjoy the kids. I really feel like we're going to be able to grind and get some stuff done. They're good kids. I mean, they're hard headed. They act like kids, but nothing that, you know, I don't feel like I can handle. So I wake up every day and I, I can't wait to go see the kids. So I, I enjoy the kids that are there. Now, I want everyone to know that Voice Sports actually has the Unfinished Business Tour coming up. We'll have, we're going to have the dates and, uh, and the event streaming at the bottom of the screen. Definitely go check that out and, you know, check out everything Voice Sports is doing. They actually have reporters in 22 states now covering local youth and high school, high school um, sports. And coaches, um, if you or anyone on your staff wants to come on on your post games, once your season gets started, we do post game interviews for our head coaches, you know, during the season. Um, we have a, a bunch of coaches that are on now. Um, so if anybody's interested in promoting their program, promoting the kids, we have college recruiters from Ivy League school that are in our audience, um, NCAA championship schools on uh, UMass Dotman won the championship, uh, the New England Bowl. So you guys are more than welcome to come on during the season and promote your program. I just wanted to offer that invitation. Okay, uh, this is def something I'd definitely take a look into. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if you guys want to uh, maybe one at a time talk a little bit about your program, um, just to let other people know, you know, maybe people can judge what goes on in your state might not be what 
goes on in their state because the cultures are definitely different. Yeah, you you could go ahead and start, Coach. I've always started every time. You can go ahead. <laughs> you um, my program is like I said is a very is a very small uh, private school here here in Maryland, um, right outside of right outside of Baltimore in, in a town called Savannah Park. It's um, in the MIAA, uh, what we call the for for that conference. Um, they have three divisions: A, B, and C. We're in the C division, based off the based off our just the competition level and things like that. But trying to trying to um, bring build the build it back. It's a very it's a very lacrosse and I guess sailing school, a strong school. So football has been a has been a pretty good sport in the past years. But since COVID and before a little bit before COVID, it started had been on a decline, and so just trying to build it back. But it's um, it's going to, we're going to get there. It's, it's, it's going it's going to be hell of high water, but we're going to do it. All right, um, I'm in uh, Florida with FHSAA. Um, not really a big fan of them, but you know I'm not going to get deep into that. But um, we're we're here in Florida. The coaches we're still trying to figure out what's going on. They just pretty much switched switched up uh how they're going to be doing the playoff systems or now i think we're going to be moving to where we're going to have i think of a total of 14 to 16 state champions now they played pretty much cut the state uh in half they're going to have the bigger counties just play each other and let the other counties which i fall in that just be suburban uh and we just play each other so everybody's still trying to figure out what the schedule is going to mean uh who we're going to play because we just finished doing the schedules but we might have to redo them because a lot of the teams that we play will be in that uh, metro district now, so they may not want to play us because they want, want, may want to keep their uh, their ranking up a little bit higher. So it's just a lot going on right now. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We also heard some things that there could be some uh, separation from Miami and Orlando and Tampa from FHSAA, so we're just trying to see what's going on with that. It's just it's a lot going on right now. It seems like the realignment process gets crazy in every state. Um, yes. It becomes a problem realigning teams. It seems like they never know where to to put teams. Um, they never know, you know, the alignment here, and I'm in Rhode Island, and, and it's like an upside-down show. Um, they just had one of the New England clinics, and I actually call some of them football clinics the rumor clinics because the way the rumors fall around some of them clinics um, – it's crazy. Like you guys are supposed to be there paying attention to football. And all the rumors are behind realignment processes and who's going to play where and if is, is it going to be points. Here in Rhode Island, they want the league wants to pick four teams. And then they want the schools to fill in the rest of the schedule, which some schools have trouble finding one game. Mm-hmm. Never mind letting them be responsible for a bunch of games. Joining... The panel is Coach Najee Barrows, Westerly Bulldogs line line coach. Um, he has a lot to do with the program, getting all – he hypes the kids up. He hypes the stands up. Um, but Coach Najee Barrows, I want to welcome him to the panel. Um, he should be tuning in in a minute. His mic might be off. Let me see if I can shut it off. Nope, there he is. Coach Najee. Good morning, Good morning gentlemen. How's it going today? Going good. How you doing? Coach Not Najee, bad, we're having the discussion. If you want to introduce yourself, tell them where you're from. We're having a discussion, bringing kids from youth football to the high school level. And you have experience working with the youth. Now you're a high school coach. What do you think is um, most vital from kids going from youth football to high school? 
is just gaining the proper experience that'll be conducive to the high school experience. They just got to make sure that these kids are uh, are on the right path and are learning are learning the newest stages of football that's going to be utilized at the high school level. So we just want to make sure that they're not getting an archaic version of it and then all of a sudden thrown into the fire and not really understanding the, the newest innuendos of the game. So it really starts with the youth coaches making sure that they're in alignment with what the high school programs are running. Um, not necessarily that you have to have an established feeder system, but be, be uh, of the same mindset of the coach and, and where their game is headed, especially if that kid is uh, is going to be playing in that district. I agree. You guys want to feed off that? No, I, I agree with that. I mean, the school I coach at, we don't have a feeder system, but uh, the high school I went to back in the day, we had a feeder system. And um, like you said, it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but just give them some familiarity of kind of what they're going to see, what they're going to do, the role that they might play, because uh, it definitely helps and goes a long way. It just helps everybody out. So I, I agree with that. So, coaches, at what point I wish I had do you a feeder be system, but being up? Yeah, now is a feeder system something that? Why don't we have those, uh, so to speak? What is it? Is it is it more of an an individual based uh, effort between the high schools and the youth? Uh, does the high school or youth feel like they're not equals in the upbringing of that young man? Because essentially, we all believe that we all use the adage that it takes a village. But sometimes the village has uh, has uh, subsidiaries that that kind of go on their own way. Um, you know, uh, is it even for me? I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, for for me for me for me because like I said, I'm, this is my background being being I'm in a private school setting. There's there's no way that we can have their systems to be honest and plus in maryland there's no middle school football you go up the youth ball all the way up to all the way up to 13 you to eighth grade so so having kids some of them some of these small schools like myself are ninth graders coming in or rising eighth graders ninth graders coming in they'll turn it into being sometimes varsity players it just depends on, on your school size and what happens for numbers and things like that so that that turns into a a you got to start figuring out with with coaching what can you do to make this to make this work for a season or or building or building for the future. Public schools don't probably kind of don't have that problem because they can work with a feeder they can work with a feeder system, but in a private school setting, I don't know unless we're parent, depending on what what turns into those other problems. You know, tuition do you give do you give out financial aid? Do you do this? Do you do that type of stuff? So it gets kind of muddy with those waters. So it's you kind of just at the mercy of who the who the administration who who the admin let um, admissions let let into your school so you can start working in the spring when they start uh, that that year to become a football players. But Maryland also doesn't have coaches talking about in Florida. Y'all got y'all got spring training. I don't, but technically I can work around. I can work all year with my guys if I want to. No, yeah, Mar Maryland. I mean, I'm I'm actually originally from Maryland. I was born in Maryland. Um, but it, we're under the same we're under the same umbrella as far as Rhode Island. We don't have an established middle school program, so to speak. Our youth programs kind of run uh, age wise all the way right up to, like you said, 13U, 14U, which preps you right before high school. Um, 
And you're right. The, the private schools, um, they might have their own vested interest. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's really no feeder system, so to speak. But it's about uh, educational feeder systems, right? So the feeder system, as far as the coach's tutelage, even though you might not be talking scheme-wise, um, but we're talking about a, for instance, a youth football program running a single-wing discipline and then all of a sudden this kid's transition into a uh, a more advanced offensive setting without knowing anything outside of of uh, that respected uh, you know, tutelage in order to prep him for, say, a spread offense if he's going into something like that with, with a bunch of different wrinkles in it. Um, and how is that kid how is that kid going to fit in that in that particular role? He's going to have a lot of regression for progression. Um, mm-hmm as he gets into that ninth grade year, is there something, even maybe like a, a uh, uh, like a time frame where we can kind of school these kids up. And I know maybe I'm just shooting at the stars here, um, but it's all about trying to prep these kids to the next level, right? And then high school, from, from high school to NCAA, you know, and, and kind of have that role there. And that might be us kind of stepping it up and being in that mentorship role uh, yeah. Even more so to, to, to teach the game, right? Because I know a lot of us get caught up, when, you know, in winning and losing, and 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 try and try to strive to make sure that we increase football IQ, right? At the end of the day, um, I think as long as we're on that kind of time, then we're going to have great athletes, student athletes that are, that are striving in a bunch of different settings. Um, I mean, at my school, we don't. Like I said, we don't have none, nothing like that. The school is a baseball town, softball town. Um, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. A lot of the kids never even picked up a football before. So it's good because I can just work from them from scratch and teach them the way that I would like them to be taught. But it does get a little frustrating because like a year this year, we're probably going to have to play a lot of ninth and 10th graders on varsity. And, you know, those kids maybe only played football two years. Um, so... Uh, it's definitely something that we're trying to work through. I'm definitely trying to talk to coach to try to maybe even find a team that we can put in the city or uh, just talk to maybe some other Pop Warner coaches around the area and uh, see if we can work something out because I do think that's something that's somewhat important uh, to just have everybody on the same page. Uh, Just makes things, the transition a lot smoother, keeps their confidence up. You know, their kids, uh, they, they start messing up. They might feel like that they can't do it. And then they get in their own head, and then that's another battle you have to go through. So, now is that you think that because a lot of, now that's a very common uh, that's a very common thing that a lot of coaches go through, especially uh, unexperienced players, right? And and the fact that you have to cycle through a lot of kids that might not have the football experience. I mean, we you know we have a few places here that are predominantly towns that you could say is another sport, right? Like you said, you have you come from a baseball town or what have you. So is that kind of our approach as coaches to make sure that if we do have that, if we are in that particular environment, that the product that we're putting and that we're teaching is conducive uh, to a to an environment that that doesn't cater to football. So, like for instance, I just had a, a conversation with a coach. I just came from a clinic last night, and his issue was he comes from a town similar to what you were saying, baseball town, but they're not known for size. But his challenge was how does he deal with 
you know, having the smaller kids not being confident enough to go against uh, another sizable team with much more experience. So we started to think about the blocking schemes in the and the base offense and defensive philosophies that he could possibly uh, interject with having those certain athletic or uh, fundamental issues with his program. So he decided that, and we decided that possibly going with like a duo blocking system. I know duo is really popular these days. Um, I don't know if you guys have really been talking about that duo versus inside zone or outside zone. But really, duo is kind of like this new sexy blocking scheme that everybody's uh, a lot of guys are incorporating into their programs because it's not it doesn't really rely on size in order to, to accomplish uh, in order to have success. It's a, you familiar with duo coach? Uh, yes, I've, I've I've heard of it a little bit. Uh, that's something I definitely tried to pass on to the head coach to see if it's something he would like to look into. He's more concerned as yeah, we are a little bit smaller. Uh, do yep. a lot more angle blocking, uh, you know, striking specific points, not really worried about moving them, but just, you know, making the correct angle because we're not going to have the bigger guys. I mean, we go up against schools that have kids that are going to Georgia, Florida, some of the best schools in Florida. We don't have any of those kids. So yeah. uh, we just have to work with what we have. You know, we're going to have the plays that are going to get blown up. There's nothing we could do about that. But I just really wanted to just keep fighting, keep grinding. As long as you keep fighting, keep grinding, it'll it, it, the tide eventually turn. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Just keep instructing them that, you know, their successes are not necessarily measured in wins and losses, right? No, it's not. Just keep fighting. Don't give up. Keep grinding. It'll turn. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Coach. You guys are doing a great job. You guys can keep up on some conversations. I mean, you guys are the coaches. <laughs> I brought you guys in here to uh... – <laughs> Well, I love what you guys are doing, man. Um, to the private school coach, I do have a question to the private school coach. Do the private schools, do you get accused of recruiting high school kids all the time? Because up here in Rhode Island, Bishop Hendrickson is constantly getting slammed for recruiting. I mean, they're the most successful boys private school in the nation as far as a year ago from last I heard. And they're constantly being accused of stealing all the good kids. Do you have that issue? I'm not. Uh, we have we have a school that can that seems the 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 pick. Um, they they, they get all. There's like the we call it the IMG of the North uh, with St. Francis. <laughs> um, we we got one too. Yeah, St. So, Francis like you know, they, a penis. They, they, and if you get. Uh, you know, say, yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas in, in my in Miami, but then mm -hmm. here in Baltimore we have we have St. Francis, and if you got if you got a good kid. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they, they they get going real fast, but they're I mean they're a good team. They do, they do what they do well, and there's and there's nothing that we can do anything about it. But recruiting wise, we do uh, all the schools do it. It's just about the level of how how the level of the you know how financial aid is done for the other for the I guess the other schools. It's also it's also about the the recognition of some of the name the name brand of the school marketing part of it. Kids, you know, it's funny. I, I was having a conversation with a coach the other you know, yesterday, and I and I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I'm from Alabama, so I'm used to you know wearing this you know black cleats, white socks, pants, and call it a day. And he's like, "Oh no, these kids care about the and they call it, they care about the drip more than they do about the jersey stuff." So what's that good if you're zero and ten? Yes, exactly. But the kids care about that. That whole you know the recruit. 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's I've seen it's a, a, it's a, it's a, it's a arms race. That's, that, that, I see that a lot. It's not about just winning. They got to look good, too. They got to be picture ready at all times. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> it's almost a prerequisite. It's, it's, it's a Deion Sanders motto. Like it's, it's, you know, the whole the whole Jackson State way. You look good, you feel good, you play good. I'm thinking to myself, that's true, however, but if you're 105 pounds playing, playing a team like Coach said, you got kids playing, they're going to line up to play for Kirby Smart and Nick Saban next year. That ain't gonna do it. That ain't gonna do me a bit of good that we got neon green uniforms. Exactly. And let's get to the play good part first. Then we can worry about you looking good. Exactly. <laughs> I did a show with um I did a show with Voice Sports a couple weeks ago. I did a show with Voice Sports a couple weeks ago and we did a segment Kiss It or Diss It on uniforms. And um I wish I had the picture uploaded, but we had a picture that the team was in like it looked like Burberry. It looked like they took grandma's curtains. <laughs> and made uniforms out of them. And I said, these poor kids, they look yeah. way too small. A and lot I of mean, these coaches now are all designers. Everybody's a designer and just wants to be the loudest thing on the field. Right? You know, well, they're louder than whistles now, man. All, mm -hmm. all these uniforms are crazy. Burberry, Louis Vuitton, all that crap doesn't belong on football fields, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm a traditionalist in that, in, in, in that regard. But, yeah, the kids, man. Vain, being vain, and uh, is is a prerequisite almost these days, man. Because, like you said, Coach uh, hit it right on the head as far as the Deion Sanders effect, right? Well, everybody's prime time because everybody's got a phone and a camera. Mm -hmm. Deion had a camera, had a camera feed always following him, so he showed up for the camera. Well, now we carry cameras on us every day, and all of these kids have a, have a uh, perceived audience yep. right so it doesn't matter their skill some of them are on there for the skill set yep. the other ones man shoot as long as i look good I, you perceive that i am good because i wouldn't dress this way if i wasn't right <laughs> and, and that marketing aspect i mean you see it trickling over now with these kids getting all these these huge ass signings in college mm -hmm. um you know for their likeness now how does that trickle down you know now they might be not be getting deals, but they're getting they're getting what they want, right? And it's their ego fed. They're getting paid in ego, and yep. that's what these kids, man, they're they're thriving off of that. And that ego sometimes they can monetize it, you know. So how how do we how do we as the older generation that wasn't exposed to that type of that type of uh, living, how do we get through that? And how do we how do we uh, help these young men guide themselves through a time that we're still learning how to deal with? That's still evolving. It's tough. That's the hard part because yes, you know you try to you try to figure that out when you know with like summer like when you do workouts, you know you're doing stuff and it's, and it's technically not mandatory, but you know what you like. Hey, you want to win? You got to. We we know we know the fall is one in in May in May through May through August. Yeah. Or even before that, depending on you have, how your school has done an all-season workout, and these kids are, and I and I tell them when they tell them at the end of the season or during the season when they you know that you you playing for pride and stuff, I go, don't be sad now. It's about where were, where were you on that vacation to to wherever to the beach in July when I told you hey we got workouts and you said I can't make it or I can't do this and I can't do that. That's where that's when it's lost. That's when it's won and lost. So I so I tell, I'm one of those coaches on that on that aspect. Where I'm like, don't cry now. It's too late for that. Sure. <laughs> I, I tell my young man, same thing, coach. I tell him this, man. If you're not willing to do it every day, you'll never beat the kid that is. 
You'll never beat the man that's willing to grind every day if you're not willing to do the same or more. Right? They have to put in that work. And and now yeah. they have the gift I, I, of seeing they got the gift of seeing their stars work. They get the gift of hearing their stars tell them the secrets of what they do. Man, we didn't have that growing up. I couldn't talk to Warren Sapp and, and <laughs> LT and figure out what they was doing so I could do what they do and, and maybe get on that path and think how they think, listen to the music, eat the food. You know what I mean? If I was a quarterback, man, I want to know that Tom Brady was eating avocados, and I find it out 30 years later and figure exactly. out, man, I could, maybe I could have eaten avocado ice cream and, and threw the ball like that. You know what I'm saying? But when I, when I tell you, know, so it's like, well, we can't fight the times too much, so we got to get with it to a certain to a certain respect and maybe kind of teach them how to utilize what, what all this is. You know what I mean? Utilize this, this special gift that you got called a cell phone and internet for your fight for your knowledge right and, and try to take some of the vein out of it now naturally i try to spin it with fun right so we use a little bit of that as motivation because you can't take it out so you got to interject it in our own way but maybe mold it in a in a in a productive way because some hey maybe we are raising some marketing geniuses here maybe we are raising some from future coaches and, and team owners and, and and uh and player representatives right that could be that could be the path for some of these young men. They start on the football field, but they're going to be in the offices doing what they do here, right? Marketing these kids and becoming what have you. So we do get a few of them, but maybe as coaches, man, we got to kind of bend and bend a little bit with the times and and, and try to utilize this uh, for our benefit and their benefit as well, right? We got to grow with them. Yeah. No, you're right. But the other thing, the other, but the other thing is. We were talking about, you know, the uniforms and doing stuff. We were talking about those you know, seven-on-seven trainers and all this stuff. I was I was at a school years years back, and I had my my whole secondary because I was a DB coach at the time. We're all at trainers. But here's the problem: they're all getting various trainings, and I'm thinking to myself, and their parents are paying you no know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands, no 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 thousands of dollars a year for this kid's training. Then we get to practice, and I go, well, heck, none of this. My coaching aspect because they're learning different things. And I said, Well, hey, I'm, am I going to deprogram and waste all season to get better? Or do I have to bend myself to figure it out to work with it? And I end up doing that. And all three, and all three are playing, or, or we're playing college football just because of that. So it's one of those things you got to check your pride at, like you said, check your ego at the door. Or if not, sure. you're going to end up losing. And get and getting that and getting that bad name of, of that bad reputation out, out out in the community. So, of course, did you end up reaching out to those trainers, or did you just have to? You, I now, did. I did. So that's that's what I was asking, right? Because I am I am I also uh, train kids on the off season, right? As far as I run an offensive and defensive line uh, gym in Rhode Island, uh, and I also come into that. I, I also come into that, right? So. One of the things now got, getting into that, um, we was already inundated with that particular problem. You get a bunch of different coaches that are teaching different things. Now, naturally, you want we want our kids to grow fundamentally and what have you. But like you said, if that if those fundamentals aren't in alignment with what you're teaching, then now we have a now we have a, an issue, right? We have a fundamental issue at that point, and we're going to hit roadblocks, especially if it's not conducive to your program. So one of the things that I know I strive to do was contact coaches, right, to ensure that we're not teaching scheme, we're not scheming your kids away from what you're delivering, 
But also, Coach, we want to have a conversation to make sure that what we're working on is going to benefit in the season for this young man, right? So you got to kind of track all that. And I think that that's something a lot of these trainers uh, or, you know, coaches or what have you that do it in the offseason, if we're going to put ourselves out there to, to, to help all these young men, you got to take the extra step and make sure that when they go back to their program that you – worked on the right things that's going to help that kid excel yeah, in that yeah. program. So you got to have respect for those coaches, right? Yeah, so I'd yeah. encourage all those, I encourage all coaches to get with these trainers, find the ones in your areas that your, that your kids are utilizing and, and have that and have that conversation with them, hopefully respectful. Right. I mean, but it, it, it I agree. Trying to get a lesson plan together, just like you would with a tutor or what have you. Same thing, right? This is nothing but athletic tutoring um, to make sure the lesson. Sound a little far away, Coach. Yeah, he might be fixing something. Um, but what do you guys think about what he was saying? Um, no, I, mean, I, I agree. agree. That that that. that Go ahead, Coach Fitz. No, I, I I definitely agree uh, with a lot of stuff he's saying. I, what I do in that situation, because you have a lot of those situ- issues, I, I try to find a couple players that really want it, that don't mind getting a little dirty. Uh, we all might have one or two of them at the school. I can even find it at my school. And I kind of lean on them to get on the other players to make them come to workouts, make them come to certain things that, uh, you know, a lot of times kids just don't want to hear from an adult. But if they hear from one of their peers or something like that, you you might be able to, you know, get them to come out a little bit more um, and, and, and things like that. So that's something that I've noticed that that's worked a lot where I was able to get a, just a lot of voluntary stuff I wanted to work with. I just found a couple kids that, you know, really wanted it. Um, and they just convinced a lot of the other kids to come out there. Lyman, in, in your places, um, do you think there's a need for um... – for more things for linemen to, to do. We see passing leagues popping up. We see. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I think the main thing is uh, that frustrates me is people, you know, getting in their stance. Uh, that's always very frustrating. I mean, uh, I, I love when I have to rebuild it from scratch, but a lot of people, they come with, you know, their own ideas. Like I had a kid uh, pretty much trying to tell me that the way I was teaching him how to get into a stance was not the proper way to get into a stance. Uh, you know, replacing the hand with the foot. That's another big thing that I see a lot that I wish a lot of people would just, you know, teach a lot more. But I think just all positions, just not, you know, defensive line, offensive line, all positions could definitely use a little bit more love. I think everybody falls in love with the seven on seven and the quarterbacks and the receivers. Um, And I think that kind of hurts football too, to me personally. Um, You know, quarterbacks aren't really going to be sitting back in the pocket for five to seven seconds, able to try to find a pass down the field or however long they get them. Um, you know, these these wide receivers aren't going to get that free of release all the time. So I, 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 I'm not a fan of the seven on sevens personally. I mean, I like them that they're good for the kids, but I feel like it hurts sometimes more than it helps, especially for the smaller schools where you have some kids go out there and they bring stuff back that they really can't use. Coach Najee, I'm sure you've got something to say. I'm biased towards the trenches. You know it, man. You know. We don't need linemen, do we? 
Oh no! Oh, you need come on now, the big <laughs> ugly man. That's it, man. <laughs> I, I I agree. I, I mean, you know, we we got. I I mean, but I, I my, me myself, I, I I already have my D line already coming together, working out. Uh, that's just something I just want us to build that. So that's something I've been working on. Because in Florida, you could do any kind of football work you want. You just can't have a football, which works for me because I don't need a football for a lot of my drills. So. We these rules already. like stupid. Like some of these yeah. rules are just like, you know, my platform. I I built my platform to um speak up for coaches and you know to call out administrations and just to talk about things that other people don't talk about. You coaches, you guys are not allowed to say anything. You know, your administration gets mad left and right. So I built my platform to to handle all of that. And um, I applaud all you coaches. Everything you guys do. And um, I just wanted to like say thank you to to all you guys for all the work that you put in. And um, yeah, that's about it. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate, it. Appreciate you know, all you guys doing your work. Definitely. Yeah, appreciate, um, appreciate you know, um, you guys can continue your conversation. I'm gonna take my dog out real quick. Um, but I love love <laughs> the. The football talk, man. Uh, so you just keep it going, and I'm going to share this and try to get some more coaches up in here. And if you guys know anybody, they're welcome to come along in. Um, if anything's ever pressing, if there's, say, Mikey, I need to get online now, you know, um, I'm always willing to get coaches on to talk their piece. So you guys can take it away. I got a question. I got a question about coaches. Are y'all both, are y'all both educators or – for other y'all work at your at your pro, at your schools or how how's that work for y'all? I, I do. Yeah, yeah I, I work I work at the high school as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to make money. It's kind of hard to find a job. You know, Florida. You know, they don't pay their high school coaches pretty much anything. But it's kind of hard to find another job that can you know work with the time demanding that it takes to to be a high school coach. So I definitely uh, work at the school. Yeah, my whole program besides one coaches, rest of them are also not are non teachers. They only work at the school. Wow. Yeah, I actually made the transition uh, from being a union electrician and took the uh, the dive into uh, working with the kids just so I could have uh, more time, more availability uh, because uh, union construction. Uh, industrial construction is not conducive to coaching by any means. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, man. It, 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 it can't be 2.30 and say, hey, hey, I got, hey, I got to leave the site. I got, I got to go to practice. How about y'all? Yeah, yeah, that don't work too well, especially if you're on the leadership. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're going to shut this down, fellas. I got to practice. Yeah, that's yeah, not gonna they're going to be like, yeah, before you leave, go, 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 go stop by HR before you go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pick, up, hey, pick up that gift they call your last check. We're gonna pay you a little early today. And uh yeah. yeah they, 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 checks in the mail. Checks checks in the mail. You, you, let me know let me know how that formation is working out for you. Yeah, for real. Good now, luck, man. Uh, <laughs> it, are any of you uh are any of you coaches going to any clinics? Have you went to any clinics, anything like that? Uh I I, I was I do I've been doing YouTube clinics. That's all that's all I've been doing. I haven't done we Glazier usually has one in Baltimore, and they didn't have it this year. Then they have it down in northern Northern VA, and I was like, "That's a hump. That's a hump for driving 
anywhere from between Baltimore down down to by Dallas Airport. So I I didn't do that. And of course we had a lot of cats that just did the glacier up in Atlantic City this weekend. So I was like, Ugh, I forgot I forgot all about that one. So I've been doing a lot of uh just virtual being a defensive guy. I've been doing a lot of virtual stuff, but I'm also COVID taught me so much during the yeah. whole conference with the hiatus. I um I was a single high um single high safety three five three guy. Mm-hmm. Then I had my some of my some of my players were going to um going to power five programs and doing stuff and then we then me and another former me and another DC friend of mine, we started looking into you know, the match quarters with the three three five and the four two five nickel stuff. And that's another question I'll ask later about with coaches do you do what's best for high school or do you do what's best to help your kid, help your program to maybe start having players that do go to college to be, to be college, to be, to be college ready, so to speak. I know, I know it's a fine line between that because I mean, I mean, for defensively, how many single high teams do you see in college? None. Yeah. So why do high school teams still, why do high school teams still do it? It's my other question. Well, uh, I, I could tell you that I could tell you that we are we sit down a lot with our recruiters, making sure that we try to run uh, stuff similar to what the schools are running uh, uh, in the at the NCAA level at the schools that are around us. Um, so we do try to emulate that in 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 through scheme, through scheme to kind of show a single high safety, even though we might be not. Uh, might not be doing. That's the reason why we kind of, uh, when we took over our program at the high school level, we really interjected duo and a spread into a team that was traditionally single wing. Um, before we got to this program, our, our school passed for less than 500 yards on the season since 2012. And then we come in with a spread duo system, uh, you know, run for almost 3,000 and pass for almost 3,000 and kind of change the culture in order to be more conducive and palatable to what the NCAA is running, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was a fundamental uh, uh, change that we had to make. And then to put those players in positions to be recruited, ask the coaches those hard questions. What are you looking for beyond, you know, this, the gift of size, because we all know size is not a skill. I mean, it, size is a gift. Size is a gift, right? So, what what are we doing to make sure uh, that we're always, you know, trying to pass on and, and enhance those gifts, right? And, and put some skill and put some skill to that. So we absolutely, you know, we, we definitely try to strive to make sure that we're in alignment with the NCAA, so to speak. Like you said, you do got to work with the tools you have. Um, but try to find that fine line, especially. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I just came from the. I just came from the Glacier Clinics in Boston. They did skip over. Uh, for some reason, they didn't hold it in Baltimore, like you said, Coach. I don't. I can't understand that. But um, they did hold it in Boston. I know it's a six-hour drive for you up in Maryland. Um, but yeah, we just came from Glacier, and then we also had another one uh, this weekend called the Big New England uh, Football Clinic. Okay. Which have a bunch of different yeah. universities come through. A couple high school college, couple high school uh, coaches that were uh, uh, highlighted at the film. Um, you know, at the at the clinic there, and they had a bunch of different stuff. But uh, Big New England is a pretty cool one that uh, we all utilize down here. So been to two clinics so far. I think Nike has one coming up, um, and I know Glazier keeps 
There's a Nike Coach of the Year. That one's coming up too. Um, but there needs to be more, right? I know. Yeah. I went, I went down to I went down to uh, to Arlington one time to to try to go to Duke uh, Manyweather's uh, Lyman uh, uh, OL Masterminds Clinic there. But there needs to be more like that. There needs to be more clinics, even even position specific, right? Uh, that that talk about scheme and and that talk about the the smalls and the innuendos of play for us to evolve the game, for us to be showing uh, even the, even in the smallest techniques of you know that that we're evolving, having our linemen, for instance, you know, you know, in a kick step. I know the coaches, at, you know, I'm sure you guys know as well. The coaches at the NCAA level, when they're when these offensive tackles, for instance, are kick stepping back, they want them to land with their instep, not on the ball of their foot, right? Mm-hmm. And it's those small little, those small little uh, uh, practices that if we can show these to our linemen, it shows that they're on the cusp of the game, that that there's one less thing that that coach has to go over that this kid's tutelage is on the right path and maybe in alignment with that particular school. And I know it's those one small things that that kind of get those kids noticed uh, versus ones of similar character or size. I agree. I agree with that. No, that, that's definitely one because both of y'all, because Coach Fitch, you're a line coach. I coach defensive line, and I'll be wide receiver coach this year at the school. Nice. Gonna be the best. Gonna be the best blocking receivers ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have no choice but to be. <laughs> yeah, man, that jam on the line gonna hit something different, boy. <laughs> we run a whole bunch of power and a whole bunch of counter. They're gonna have to block something, or they can't get on. Yeah. The <laughs> you gonna press on D line, D line, and, and receivers. And coach, you're and your linebackers, correct? I'm O line, D line. O line and D line. Oh, okay. So you so with O line. So let me ask you this: What are you seeing more? You seeing more four man front, or are you seeing more odd front? Well, we, we actually we actually see both. So the odd front, the the odd front, starting to get utilized, and you know they're trying to hide that. Uh, and mix it up with that 53 type 33 blend there. Uh, so yeah. what we're really seeing, what we're really seeing is the is the change in the athlete, the change in the utilization of the athlete. These DNs or these outside defenders uh, are starting to get faster and leaner, right? And, and so that's what it, it seems to be changing there. Now, as far as the 40 or, you know, as far as that, that harder even front, that could be dependent on uh, the personnel that they have, right? Um, but we are going against teams now that, that, are, that, are, that are coming out with something more conducive to the offense that's being presented. Gotcha. Because for me, I believe I'm like I said I've been a thir- I've been a thir- I've been an odd man guy 35 and a 33 guy, but I'm turning now instead of being a 505 technique, I'm starting more being everybody's turning into being that um that the four the four eye zero four eye the tight front more than anything to make especially for against the spread team to be able to um to make those, those jumps happen. Hey guys, let me interrupt you guys um. 
you guys said, oh, he just actually signed off. But we actually have a college recruiter that just tapped in from UMass Dartmouth. So we'll get him up back in here. Oh, here he comes back on. Um, Ryan McCormick, UMass Dartmouth football. Welcome. How you doing, Coach? Good morning. All right. Morning, you know, coach. I thought this was, you know, we had some coaches on earlier. And Coach Najee was bringing up some recruiting things and I just figured it'd be a good time to introduce yourself. There's some uh, coaches up in here. Um, so I'll let, I'll give you the, the floor coach McCormick. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm late to the show. I was actually going to come on earlier, but I got bogged down with some stuff I was working on. I'm trying to finish up this class 2022. So we're, we're still like knee deep in it, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. So, coaches, you have any questions that you want to ask Coach McCormick? He's a Division Three recruiter, UMass Dartman. They just won a championship bowl last season. Congratulations, Coach. Thank you. Congrats. What are um, some of the main points you guys are looking for in, as far as, like, uh, defense alignment? As far as what are some of the first things you look for outside of replacing the hand with the foot? I mean, the hand down with the foot. I mean, if you're going to go more broad spectrum in our scheme, we can't have guys that can't move. So, like, if if, if you if you can't run and get off the ball, um, you know, we want them to be as big as they can be, but as athletic as they can be. So, you know, if you're more athletic at, say, 270 and faster and more stamina, we're going to want that guy at that body weight than if he's 290. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on their, their build and their frame. Um, we look. We look for kids that can move and that can run, you know, and rush the passer. And obviously, you always want to stop the run, but you know, and guys that can bend. So, you know, you, you start touching on more like very detailed, like footwork and like steps, and that's important too. Obviously, when you start to break down the, the fundamentals and body mechanics of the defensive linemen, so they don't have bad false steps or don't have bad technique. But the things we look at, the bigger picture things we look at is obviously can they bend? If they're really stiff, that becomes an issue unless they're crazy strong and crazy fast off the ball. Like if you can't bend, then you better at least be able to run and you better be able to move cars. So like if you're stiff and you're okay strong and you can't get off the ball and, and, and you can't play in our system. So um, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I get you. I get you. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really first glance look that's going to get your attention, Coach. Not more or less, like you said, the the, the minutia of it. I think you, what you're probably looking at, you'll focus on the minutia once you get you in front of them. Of course, so it's, yeah. it's really, it's really just dynamic application. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean that, that's a good analysis. So, like, when you watch film, and depending on how the quality of the film, as far as how clean it is. You're going to look for big picture things first. Like, are they strong? Can they run? Can they bend? Do they do they play with leverage? Do they, you know, do they understand, like, situational football? Do they, you know, all those things matter. Like, are they taking plays off? Like, those are the big picture things we, we look at. When we go to camps and recruit at, at prospect camps, that's part of it. But then it's other stuff you're saying, Coach, where, you know, all the little intricacies with defensive line play, like, like you say, replacing – hand and feet and like leverage and all that stuff, technique, um, body mechanics. So like, and then you see how coachable they are. That's see, that's the other thing is like, if you try to teach them, they just don't take coaching and they just like keep making the same mistake over and over and over again in a camper. You have one-on-one attention with them. 
in a prospect camp, you know, so that, that, that becomes concerning. It's like, well, can you break their little habits or look at them to try to not keep doing them? You know, that's important. So, you know, are you saying, so, so as a coach, as a defensive line coach, so to speak, should we be looking to make sure that our scheme and approach is, is emphasizing those those small uh, critiques that you're looking for so that we can show that this, this kid's athleticism or naturally, I guess, down distance and application, you know, can scheme get in the way of a kid's IQ? And how would you um, be able to make that determination? I mean, things have changed a lot in the last 25 years, as you know. I mean, the whole game has evolved. So, yeah, I mean, if they're doing some old school stuff that's not applicable, that, that could be a concern. So then you look at the athleticism, the, the whole body of work. Is that kid worth recruiting based on everything else? It's you're, you're weighing a lot of variables, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if they're in like a, you know, a multiple front and they're, you know, they're doing things that would transition to college football, then – that's good. If they're doing things that are very old school, it doesn't fit anymore or have minimal value, then you got to look at the rest of the student athlete and say, well, is he a good student? Okay. Is he coachable? If he's coachable and you can teach him other stuff and that's not as much of a concern because you can build him out. If he's not coachable, he's doesn't take coaching as well. And he's, you know, you do do a drill, like say 30 reps in a row and he keeps doing it wrong. If you keep correcting him, that's a concern, you know, because it's like it's like any task. If they just don't fix it and they keep making mistakes, they're not learning from it. They're not applying it, you know, what you're trying to teach them. That really limits if we want to recruit that kid or not. So right. um, that's a big deal. I mean, we run both an – defense, and I coach running backs, but I coached D-line for 14 years of my career. So, for example, we, we're a multiple front team. Uh, we do a bunch of Donnie Brown schematic stuff with pressure and – Sometimes they're even, sometimes they're odd. We do some Jeff Castile stuff. He used to be the defense coordinator years ago at West Virginia. No seven, he was no seven. He was a defense coordinator of the year in FBS football. He's really best friends with our head coach. So we kind of have a melded system of those two guys' system. That's kind of a hybrid. So sometimes they're even, sometimes they're odd. We also do personnel groupings, which will mix and match body types to uh, attack the offense. You know, based on down distance situational football. So different by types could be out there. So it will, so we change a lot, which is different than what other people do. So it's a little bit different than how we do business. But um, sometimes we'll have a bigger D-line out there and more of a run-stopping situation potentially. Sometimes we'll be smaller and more athletic. It just depends what we want to do based on what the offenses are doing. You know? And that sh- is that shape your recruiting? It does. So we're trying to – like we had a conversation – I had a conversation with the defense coordinator – a couple weeks ago, um, we were talking about body types and what he needs, what he wants. So I sit down, and it's like creating a puzzle. So we're trying to fit the, the holes in each personnel group in the defense to fit. Like something, we have some more like edge type guys, like outside backer, edge type end guys that we need. Then we have some guys with more bigger ends, like anchor type ends that look like three tech DTs that we need. So and we, we're very upfront on recruiting. We tell our kids, like, listen, you're not going to play every down yeah, defense. Down. It's very rare because. We do personnel groupings. So, you know, some kids like that. But I said, listen, my attitude is we're going to we're going to we're going to blow it out. Like we have guys out there. Our attitude is you're not going to be tired because we're going to rotate you based on personnel groupings. So we're going to we want you to 
don't know if you're out there, 15 plays, 20 plays, or 40 plays, we want you to really push the tempo. So um, on defense, so that allows us to be fresh, allows us to really get violent downhill. And we play a lot of press man and cover one. It allows us to be much more physical in the box and much more aggressive. So it's a, it's worked for us. We ranked 25th in the country in defense and D3 out of, you know, 240 something teams. So it's definitely going in the right direction. So, but yeah, it affects our recruiting big time. Thanks, coach. I know I'm firing a lot of questions. So. Any other questions for um, for Coach McCormick? So, Coach, uh, another question for you. So, uh, a young man pumping on film, what should we instruct? What should we instruct him? How long should that film be? Uh, just as a quick reference, so so they're not sending you a uh, you know. So so I tell I tell kids, listen, your film should be between three and six minutes tops. And the first dozen plays should be your best plays uh, on that film period that you want to showcase, right? Your first two plays should like really pop off the film. I don't care that like you're having like a sack dance after a sack. That doesn't wow me. Like I want to see you do things that are game changing things that, that pop off the film. You know, as we get into the recruiting process, they can always share with us their, their full game films. We can dissect that. But like, if your if your initial film is just like, you know, where you're doing something that doesn't matter, it's like, what? Wh why is this clip even on here? So, I've had kids send me 10, 20 minute highlight films, and like, listen, after the first thirty plays, I can figure out if, if like if you meet the first tier of getting onto our board, and then a deeper dive will dictate where you are on our board, and then how that works out, and, you know, um, because like like we're not gonna you know, if the kid doesn't have anything good at all for 20 plays and it's like an eight minute film, I'm like, well, you know, what are we doing here? So, um, and we've gotten those and it's crazy. You'll get them and be like, what, who, who made this kid's film? So, um, <laughs> and, uh, you, you laugh. I'll tell you, coach. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, but it, it, it's, so, it, it's so true, man. It's so true. Um, I mean, I, I, the other thing that happens, it, hap it happens probably like 10 plus times a year, every recruiting cycle. I get an email from a kid. He's a like, coach. I play offensive guard. You know, I'm 5'10", 180, <laughs> but I want to transition to wide out. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this isn't Pop Warner. You can't just like go from offensive guard to wide receiver. <laughs> like, it doesn't like this isn't. <laughs> But that's like a, like a, I got an email last week. I was like, "What?" So I literally trying to envision how this kid thought this was actually like a possibility. You got it. I'm like, we have wide receivers that run four fives and four fours. I was yeah, like, "What was your 40? He's like, "Oh, five four. So like, just five problem. four. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, hey, can't even get off the line." So. Play guard. <laughs> and like, and he's like, well, you know, I can always bulk up to like two twenty. I said, we call that a tailback. So, again, you're still running five four. So, I don't know where we would play you. <laughs> so, coach, yo, so coach, when you're when you're evaluating a kid and uh, you're looking at his film, he's got a great film. Say the kid's killing it. How how uh, important is his level of competition? In your evaluation of a player, huge, 
Okay. If you take plays off or when you're down by like a score or two and you just start like, you know, being mentally weak, like that, I don't want that kid. Like, cause there's going to be games where like we're down and we need to raise the bar and, and, and raise the stoke, the yeah. fire and, 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 and lock in and just chip away at the tree, so to speak. So like we had a game this year against Westfield state where our team literally did not mentally did not get off the bus. Right, we had gone up to Westfield. It was a long bus ride. It was an earlier game. It was a noontime kickoff, and you know, a two-hour and twenty-minute bus ride. And we had left UMass at like I don't know, like seven in the morning, not even like probably like six in the morning. So it was a long bus ride, and I was worried about that because it is a, it is kind of a long ride. So we get out there and leave for two quarters. We just we looked like a Pop Warner team. We made a million mistakes. We didn't coach well. We didn't play well. And at halftime, we literally like snapped and locked in and we started chip away in the third quarter and then we like flicked a f- switch in the fourth quarter and suddenly like we scored 20 something unanswered points and the other team didn't know what happened to them and it, that's all mental toughness it's so very easy to like tap out and be like well you know i guess we're gonna lose like but that's not the mentality of the kids we recruit so a lot of times we look at like the whole again the whole body of work of that kid the reason i go to high school games a lot of guys don't do this anymore. They don't go to high school games. They kind of like they just recruit off the film and recommendations, and that's fine. But if there's a kid that's really like high on our board, I want to know. I'm going to go to that game, and I'm going to figure out what they look like when they come off the field on a bad drive. Are they coachable? Are they locked in? Are they having a temper tantrum, throwing the helmet down like they're five years old? Like, you know, you don't get brownie points for throwing your helmet off the ground. That doesn't help you. That doesn't make you a better football player. I don't want to know if you're going to go to the bench, get hydrated, lock in, take coaching, fix the mess you that drive mentally, physically, and then technique, and then go out there and execute. Like that's that's what matters. So, so you know, what about all the drama what, stuff is stupid. Like, so, you know, we we tell them, you know, our guys get to the bench right away. We lock in, we start fixing everything. They hydrate while they're fixing everything mentally, and then we go back out there and flip the switch in and roll the machine. So, um. You know, if you can't do that and you're if you're a mental midget as a recruit, I'm not touching you because I can't fix bad character. So, um, you know, so I'm not a social worker. Level, I'm a football what coach. About the, <laughs> what about the athletic level of their opponent? Is that something that, that you weigh in your recruiting, like the level of the team's competition? Not a I mean, to some extent, but, like, here's the deal. Like, we've had kids come from D4, Rhode Island, which is a much lower level, smaller schools. And I look at the kids' ability, both against good opponents and bad opponents, and also, you know, um, that's when you go to prospect camps. Like I want, I tell kids, go to prospect camps. I want you to, I want to see you compete against better kids. I want to see how you react, how you deal with it. So, so you one hundred percent agree to go to. So you should. So you one hundred percent agree to encourage these young men to go to these prospect camps in order to. In order to face better, better opponents. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Thanks, coach. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been wondering about that one myself. I get a lot of kids, there's a lot of families come that say, "Should I go to this? Should I go to this one? Should I go to that one?" And I'm like, um, but then again, like coach said, you're five, four, hundred eighty. Ain't much you can, ain't much we can do if you're, if you're playing guard at that at that size. So, so, Coach McCormick, how does one how does one differentiate between a, a a quality camp versus a money grab? 
How, uh, how are we any prospect can't run by good? university is not a money grab. So, like, the Ivy camps um, are great. The um, any FCS camp, like, I, I'm a guest coach every summer at a bunch of FCS, FBS camps. Those are not money grabs. They're one-day camps. They're meant strictly for recruiting and development. And they have guest coaches from D2 and D3 as well there. And they're really – they're, they're well-run camps. So those are I would target. I mean, you know, I think the, the key with, like, the flag leagues for the skill guys and non-linemen is really kind of like repetition. And um, that's good for them. But – that's that's really a development thing. It's almost like dovetail to lifting. Like, whereas like you know a lot of coaches do like lineman programs, which is kind of like the lineman version of the skill guys doing seven on sevens, and those are those should be done daily, if not every other day, to some extent because it's development in the off season. That's not technically a camp. That's just long term development. So the prospect camps are like are like almost like. The tests, so to speak, and those those things like seven on seven, and you know, and the uh, the lineman training stuff is, is more like the prep for those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's my analysis. No, I appreciate that, man. So, so really, we should be keying in on any camp that's that's run by universities. Those are the ones that you really want. Those are the hot button uh, titles that we're looking to uh, to promote to the parents and the uh, the laymen of the game. Correct. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, it's like kids play for like my middle daughter plays ice hockey, right? So you you, you do the the trainings with people to like develop your skills daily, you know. So like you what you, you can't be good at a skill if you don't if you don't do it every day, and having somebody to train you is better than trying to do it yourself because they're pushing you, they're looking at the little intricacies of of what you're doing. The camps are really the, are really the the test, so to speak, to showcase what you've been doing on a daily basis, you know, like it's, I call them periodic tests. So like you can, you know, win, win that stuff, you know? Is there any way we can go to find that information or, 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 or upcoming camps possibly? Yeah. So uh, like right now, um, the biggest, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that's huge out right now is, um, all the uh, the Twitter, so like all the all the college coaches are starting, all the D ones are starting to post on their team's Twitter page their camps. So um, that's where you're going to find them. Okay. So I got to step my game up on Twitter. <laughs> I wasn't a big Twitter guy, so when I, you know, about four years ago, all the coaches and staff are a lot of them younger than me, except for in my coach. life. <laughs> and they're all like, "Hey, you should be on Twitter." I'm like, "What the heck?" Like, I didn't know what that, what the value of that was. Yeah. And then once I got on there and started seeing it, I was like, "Whoa!" And so we, and we can get transcripts sent via DM on Twitter. We can get your film. We can. It's so quick. It's so automatic. It's like a digital billboard networking thing. It's kind of cool. So again, I wasn't a big Twitter guy originally, and then once I started utilizing that tool, so to speak. It became very valuable in recruiting. So, I mean, all the FBS and FCS guys use it. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. I will be on Twitter. Well, Coach Najee, if you were listening to the podcast, you would have known Twitter. You go to Twitter. <laughs> Coach Willie Edwards said it. Coach McCormick whoa, said it in the past. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, I'm reprimanding you, Coach. 
Let me <laughs> here comes here comes the bus. Let me lay down for Mike. So there you, you go, man. Um, it, I, I tell you, I wasn't a big Twitter guy before. Let me tell you, I was like, what? Because and so I used to joke around with coach and our staff. I'm like, what am I gonna be like, tweeting? Like I'm in the bathroom now. I'm tweeting. I'm going to practice now. So it was like they're like 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 no, like you gotta go you see what it's like. And so so they they kind of set me up and got me on Twitter and um and now it's been it's been a great tool. So it's like anything. And there's all these new resources and things, people doing stuff, you know, um, podcast wasn't a thing years ago. Now it's huge. So, um, everything evolves, I guess, with technology. Thanks coach. I will, uh, I will stop my, my, my Twitter, my Twitter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start tweeting soon. Get my Twitter on, but yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you answering all those questions. That was some valuable information, honestly. And yeah. uh, you know, I know a lot of us are going to be looking forward. Anybody listening is going to be looking forward to pass that, passing uh, all that knowledge you just, you just, uh, you just blessed us with, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. So, Coach, we were also talking earlier. I know I'm throwing all the crap at you, but you know, it is what it is. I know you can catch. Anyway. Uh, we was talking about what No, what keep going, you Nanashi. Are you sure you're keeping we, it interesting? Well, what should we do as coaches, right, uh, to be to be more palatable and interesting to a college? Do we do we change our schemes? Do we do we start running things that's more conducive to what you guys are running up at the NCAA level? So that you can envision our players in your system, you know I mean, that doesn't that doesn't hurt. I mean, I would, I would start like you know, everybody goes to like for example, everybody goes to clinics to learn from from coaches, um, and learn different techniques, what's changed and evolved. You know, we we have a big network of coaches we're friends with and up and down FBS, FBS and our staff, and so we're always like looking to evolve. So. You know, so you're trying to always keep ahead of the curve, both in play design and also drills and things to build on your skills to do those plays. So it's the same type of thing. What I what I suggest is is start really, and you can do this through Twitter actually, and uh, a lot of these coaches are on Twitter. Start following them, reaching out, and emailing other college coaches, and you're really like building your network of like your real life library of people. And some people will respond and, and that and, and really help you out, which is great. And some people are not great people and they'll selfish and they won't respond. And that's how some people are. But I found that more than 60%, 70% are really good people that just want to share knowledge. And because the more people that are doing good things and developing kids, the more players there are that can help teams. So it's like if, if you've got a bigger grocery list and you got the money to buy it, that's what's, what's better than that. So and that has to do with like recruits. So no one wants, you know, high school coaches or youth coaches to fall behind because then there's like a disconnect with the top with the top college level. So, you know, I found, you know, and, and a lot of coaches have been really helpful to me and I've built relationships that are very valuable both in recruiting and development. And uh, it, it's really good. So I, I, I tell a lot of high school coaches – you know, go reach out to D2, D3, FCS, FBS coaches um, and build your network. Okay. Okay. But so let's talk about the other side of that, right? So we're talking about utilizing uh, social media for the benefit of it. Are you, are you guys 
paying attention to any of these kids' social media for negative uh, negative issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're always, you know, this thing that pops up that's really odd or just not right or just negative or disturbing. We're going to, it's going to, we have check the boxes on kids. So, like, that, you know, that would be a positive or negative check the box on that kid. So, you know, they they put something that's, like, really, like, risque or, like, inappropriate or just foolish. That's never, that's that's never good. And so if if that's kids on the bubble of us taking them or not taking them, they could throw them off the if They put something that's like really over the top. That so, what if, what, so, so what, because, if this, what if this kid checked every other box, right? Showed you all of that stuff. He's coachable. He's, he's big, strong. He's everything you want. But uh, he's got to, he's got to check it. He got to check it past or, 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 or hell of a, uh, a negative social media. Does, can his social media, what I'm saying is, can his social media presence lose you a scholarship? Oh, definitely, yes. That would definitely lose a kid a scholarship. So you got to think, like, there's there's a little over 100 FBS teams out there and a little, and, and right around 100 FCS teams. You're talking like 200-something teams in those two levels, right? FBS are 85 full headcount scholarships. So there's oh, over oh. a million high school players. It's a big ocean of fishing and not a lot of boats, so to speak. So when you're going to give a kid an, you know, a full ride, an FBS full ride, you can't be wrong. So at that level, when you get to that level, it becomes very, very, very attention to detail as you go up the levels because there's a lot of kids to choose from, and there's only one, you know, one of 85 scholarships. So at that university, so um, yeah, I mean, you, you put something that's really not smart on there, like oh yeah, or something, even something as negative like where you're joking around about not being a good student. They don't want to like. College is harder than high school academically usually. So um, as far as what you need to do to, to be do well as a student. So if that kid's just like not taking high school seriously or being disrespectful in any past aggressive manner of teachers or putting uh-huh. inappropriate things or racist things or, you know, just just being a bad person, like that school's going to be like, listen, there's a lot of kids that want that slot, so to speak. So Yeah, I, I think I misspoke. I meant to say – I meant to say – college opportunity and that would kind of encompass even the deep division even oh yeah the so like so like we don't have this massive roster right so we only carry zeros numbers zero through 99 we only care 100 guys in this roster ever so you know there's there's kids we turn away every week in recruiting and we say no to and they're not bad football players just not don't fit what we're what we're trying to do here yeah, they might be, be be a decent ball player somewhere else, but they wouldn't fit our offense or defense or specials. And so, if that kid's putting stuff on social media that's negative, I'm, I'm going to be like, "Listen, we're, we're moving on. Like, you know, I don't need that. We don't. We built such a chemistry here as a program, and a lot of programs are like this. We're just going to move on. I mean, it's it's an opportunity, and there's again 1.1 plus million dollar million uh, high school players, only six, roughly about sixty thousand college players. So. We're kind of in the buyer's market. The recruit is not. Well, I think they are, but they're really not when you do the numbers. So, you know, um, it's no different if you have 100 buyers for 10 houses. Well, that means, you know, 90 buyers aren't can't buy those 10 houses. So whoever's bid they take, they put in this, find anything negative in that purchase that house, they're going to move on to another buyer. This is the same thing with recruits. So mm-hmm. it's not a good fit. We're moving on. So, um, so, yeah, social media can definitely destroy your recruiting. We've had kids get blackballed across college football completely. But we talk. Wow. Right? Those people don't understand is that 
college coaches, we talk a lot with each other, even though we're recruiting the same kid or a couple pocket of kids. If there's something really weird or off about a kid, we might reach out and be like, listen, because no one wants that, that we call it a cancer or a bad kid going to a program and destroying a program because an individual kid can do that. So um, if he's a really bad egg. So for us, we just, I'm honest with the you, you know, There's been kids that were on our board that fell off our board and was off everybody's board in the Northeast region, definitely. Um, because we just said we're not, we're not we're no one should touch them. Oh, wow. 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 And, it's not just, and social media is a big piece because it's obviously it's, it's out there. It's, it's a, like a digital billboard. Yeah. But like, even like stuff that gets back to us through coaches where like the kids doing crazy stuff. You know, we've heard of kids getting thrown off teams and done some messed up stuff and continue to cause drama. And same thing with parents. Like, if there's a parent that's a nut that just thinks that they're going to push their agenda of their kids starting or playing and they're going to cause drama, we don't – that that doesn't fly up here. So, that, that really? can be 86 because of the parent. So Really? So, the parent could actually affect affect the, uh, the overall decision process too, huh? Oh, totally. Totally. Wow. That's, that's pretty good to know. That's pretty good to know. I mean, when I go to games, you understand, I, I try to figure out who the parents are of kids we're recruiting. And I, I'm like a fly on the wall. You know, I'm just listening to the, the banter of good or bad. And I'm like, okay, look, mom and dad are saying these things. That's very bad. <laughs> so that's going to filter if we're going to keep recruiting that kid or not. So, you know, because, again, when you're recruiting a kid, you're recruiting the whole family structure. Or, you know, whoever is who's mom, dad, grandma, whoever is yeah. a parental person, you know. Now, we all hear the rumors that Ryan McCormick is the hardest working guy, you know, in the recruiting business. Um, what time do you start your day in the morning? I'm, I'm an early riser. So, like, I would say at least three of the five, seven days a week, I'm up at like 315. Wow. Um, uh, six of the seven days a week, I'm always up before four, if not by four. And one day a week, I sleep into about 430. <laughs> so, and how many – um. How many games a week do you go during football season, high school football? Uh, so it depends on where, when we're playing and like that. It's like a it's, it's a puzzle. So on Friday nights, I'm usually at like two games a night minimally. Um, if we're playing later in the day on Saturdays, I try to catch a 10 a.m. game if there was is one that I need to look at. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm usually seeing two or three high school games a week, every week minimally in person. You know, and it all depends. I mean – I probably see, you know, between 35 and 50 games a year in person, high school, give or take. So it's, it's a lot of games. I get to see a lot of, a lot of games. What do, what do seniors right now in this class need to do to make the, the main The class deadline? of 22 that's almost done in the class of 23? Uh, say 2022. Well, if they haven't applied yet and they haven't – they're just kind of spinning their wheels. They need to get their – they're rearing gear like yesterday. They need to, you know, because like right away, you know, if a coach asks them for a transcript and they can't produce it, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, right away, like if you're a high academic student or a good student, you should have your almost updated transcript copy of the unofficial scanned it on your your laptop or your cell phone as a as a, gra- a picture so you can share it with that coach via DM Twitter like immediately. One number two, you should have your highlight film already already made. And, and, and the minute a coach asks you to apply, you should apply within 24 hours. You know, we had a recruit we moved on from just recently that, you know, I asked him to apply. He said he was going to apply, started it kind of, and five weeks go by. I keep asking him, what are you doing? 
And he's like, oh, I got I to finish that, coach. It's like, listen, man, that's not how we roll. We're a tempo offense, so we, we want to go really fast. We're a pressure defense with personnel groupings. So we ask you to be high, high attention detail and be, be up-tempo. You're telling me you can't do that by taking five weeks to even try to apply, and we give that kid a fee waiver code. So what's your excuse applying? Not money. It's effort and laziness. Well, that's not what we're about. So I said to him, thanks, but no thanks. Go somewhere else. And so he was very upset and didn't like what I had to say. I said, listen, this is a life lesson, man. If somebody offers you an opportunity and gives you a fee waiver code, you take five weeks to apply, like something's wrong in Whoville. So – you know, if somebody gave me something and asked you to do one thing within 24 hour span and it cost you a thing to do other than your effort, you don't do it. That's on you. And we've seen that with great, great plays. Um, that Love they the took their time and it ended up costing them college, college careers. Um, and the other thing is, you know, D1 and D3, everyone's like, I'm not D3, I'm D1. I mean, here's the thing the whole D, you know. We've had multiple NFL teams reach out to us about our players, um, about looking at film, looking at players. I mean, you know, and and the NFL is designed by design with the collective bargaining agreement and the cap. They can't just get all D1 high-profile players because they won't work with money. So they got to find the hidden gems in D2 and D3, and they do now a lot more than ever. So for that kid, like, if, if you're good enough, they're going to find you, first of all. True. You know, and, and second of all, like, just because you were to get onto a D1 roster doesn't mean you're going to play or start to be a superstar in the NFL. So, you know, I tell kids, again, there's 1.1 million high school players, 60,000 college. So it's a really elite kid playing collegiate football. And so, you know, the whole D1 or bus mentality is crazy because these schools, if you have the grades, you know, because you have to have a minimum core 2-3 at F- FBS, you can't, they can't even touch you. So, like, if you got good grades with, with the financial aid packages that schools give out with merit money and stuff, sometimes that, you know, other than FBS, because FCS is head, isn't headcount scholarships, it's equivalencies, sometimes our packages are better than an, an FCS school, and they gave you a partial football scholarship. So, you know, I mean, we've had kids look at that and go, you know, we have a quarterback coming in here this fall from Florida who had a partial scholarship FCS, and we were still 20 grand cheaper. So, and an earlier opportunity to play. So he said, you know what, I'm going to go there to UMass because it's a better situation. So, you know, sometimes depending on the situation of the kids, it's not always better to go FCS. Now, you know, it depends. Um, but the whole, like, D3 is not the 13th grade of high school football. I can tell you that. So I don't know where that where that mantra still lives, but it's not. So, um, you know, I, I tell any, any coach or any kid, if you think it is, come see us practice, come see us play. You'll understand very quickly that we're not the 13th grade high school football. That's a fact. Um, and there's always, you know, what I heard, you know, you got D1 players can't pay their child support, D3 players running five, Fortune 500 companies, and you have a great alumni system at your school. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, again, our our, our sole focus isn't you have to go to the NFL. Like, like it's a, if it's if it's an opportunity that you you fit the the the, the mantra, then yeah, we'll, we'll obviously help you get there. But the, our big thing is like academics. Like our job is to have you have have a great football career here, win as many games we can win, try to win championships, obviously, and then also you know get a great degree, get great grades, do paid internships, and go out in the real world and make a great income. So 
and have a great quality of life. That's the that's the whole point. College is supposed to be a, a launching pad to bigger and better things in life. That's the whole point of it. You know, because if there was no value in it, then why would you go? You know, so and that's why we do what we do in our program. So I mean, again, any opportunity at any level of collegiate football in a good program should not be ignored. You know, uh, and there's kids that ghost us and come back around on the back end, recruiting when all their D one things are vanished. <laughs> and depending on how that kid acted, will dictate if we entertain him or not. If he acted very inappropriately, we're not going to entertain him because that means that's who he is. It's his character. So I tell kids, don't ghost coaches. You know, no matter what level it is, don't ignore coaches because there's a lot of kids who would love to be in that kid's shoes and aren't because they're not good enough or not talented enough. You know, and let it play out. Like, entertain every coach's, you know, recruiting, apply to the school, especially they give you a few waiver codes, and see how it plays out the end via money and situation. And that's probably the best way to do business. Like, if somebody came to you and said, hey, it's not going to cost you a dime. We're going to give you an offer on a mortgage, and it's not going to affect your credit. And you have multiple companies doing that. Then what's what's the hurt? Nothing. And it's you disrespectful know? on top of it. You know, somebody reaches out to you, you should at least have the respect level to at least reach reach out to them. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not smart business to burn bridges. It never works well. Agreed. You know? a question. Is there I would Coach Walker you? needs to. Um, Coach Walker, any last questions before you leave for Coach McCormick? No, I appreciate all the. Uh, no, I think he, he, he answered everything for me. And you're basically from Maryland. Can I have your, um, I have your, your uh, Twitter, Coach? It's uh, it's UMass D, Coach MCC. Okay. All right. I'll shoot you a follow. I'll put it in the comment section and thank you coaches for coming on. Um, thank you, Co Coach Walker. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon. Definitely. Hey, oh, no Coach problem, Walker, I had to go. You know, this is a, a great platform that we have here going. Um, and I thought it was a great idea to bring different coaches on today, talk about the transition from youth to high school. What's the transition from high school to college? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is, I always laugh, um, our check-in day with a freshman is always eye-opening. Because like all the recruits that, that, that are coming to us as freshmen, they all visited, but I think they forget how much bigger our kids get just from like that February visit, that January visit, that fall visit, to like the next preseason. And so um, what happens is, you know, the freshmen will start coming in and they get checked in through a whole process. And in the meantime, the upperclassmen are already pre-screened. Will start coming in to, to go test for their lists day one of preseason. They walk, you know, they're all walking in outside the training room, and you know, our freshmen with their parents, mom, dad, or both, sometimes siblings. And as as the upperclassmen are walking by, you know, they're they're already in the optimum shape walking preseason. They've been training hard all summer, bulking up and getting as big and strong as they can to get ready for preseason. And uh, you know that. That that parent will pull me aside and say, "Hey, uh, a coach, I thought this was D three. I said, "Yeah, why? Like these kids are massive." I'm like, "It's college football," and that's usually the funniest like interaction. And it happens at least once or twice every preseason here. And, like literally, it's crazy um, because they don't realize how big our kids really are. No, you, you have know? some really big kids. Um, Absolutely, um, I mean, the kid from Barville, um, the Charo. He's a he's a mutant. 
He's a different cat. He definitely is. So is, so is Gimmer, our right tackle, the other tackle. They're both big dude, big athletic dudes and great kids and great players. And, and their whole offensive line's really good. I mean, it's not just them. I mean, we get some big guys over there. Some really good people on the field and off the field. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's eye-opening to the parents and they see them. They're like, whoa. So it's yeah, is a good kid, man. Players, they're not high school kids. You know, they're yeah. older now. They're, you know, they're more developed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's the funniest thing. I always laugh at that interaction, but, but it, it just further says what, what I've been saying is it's not a joke. It's not high school football. It's a, not that high school football is a joke. It's, just, it's a much bigger step, you know. So, you know. so Coach, how, how important is the uh, – is the SAT or all these uh all these big uh placement tests? Is this still? Is this still? So I think the NCAA thing? is eventually going to phase the SAT out. There's been serious talks about it. We are now SAT optional, and so is a lot of schools. I would say more than sixty uh-huh. percent of schools across the country are going SAT optional. I tell a kid, if you don't have a good score in the SAT, do not submit it. Do not submit it through your through your guidance department and your transcripts. Don't submit it through the Common App. The, the rule of thumb is this. It's not at least a 1040, 1050 minimally. Um, and no side and either the, the math, the, the verbal is too much like off balance. And then that's the minimum bar. I would not submit anything underneath it because no point. It looks bad. and It's a negative thing. If you have 1100, 1200, 1300, 1400, you should submit it because it's going to garner you more merit money from that university. Um, your grades are what's most important. The courses you took, the courses you took, and the grades you get. I tell people F's are death. Don't get F's. D's don't get degrees, so don't put them on. You know, don't have D's if you can. C's are are, are not horrible, but it shouldn't be more than twenty percent of your entire transcript because again, it's an average over four years. I mean, you want to have mostly A's and B's in good classes. So, you know, um, the only way a college won't really hammer you on a C if it's like an AP class. It's like crazy hard. You know, like you know, Kim, AP Anatomy of Fizz. If you got a C plus, school's not going to kill you on it as long as there's not multiple C pluses on that transcript. So, you want A's and B's, and your grades really matter. Thanks, Coach. Hey, so how do you think? Uh, so I know that I know the, the the transfer portal has always been a big topic, right? This year, and it really affected. Uh, maybe, I mean, I, I mean. I would assume, obviously, you would know better than all of us, um, how much that affected recruiting for the kid that's uh, for the high school kid uh, trying to get in. And do you see uh, this, this this being an issue, say, next season and the season, uh, you know, in, in the foreseeable future? He'll be right back up, Najee. We actually just lost him. He's tapping back in right now. Um, hey, man, that was a good one, Mike. That, that was, was a great, one, great question. Oh, and, oh um, man. Oh, oh man. yeah, Coach McCormick is back <laughs> up now. Coach, you owe um, me a coffee, bro. You owe me a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll wait for you get Coach McCormick. That transfer portal is definitely a great, great conversation to be had, and we'll give Coach a minute to uh hope he's got time because I knew that was going to take a few minutes. <laughs> and big shout out to let me give my sponsors some love right now while we wait for Coach McCormick. Big shout out to Rally Point. The only way to stand is together. Rallypointministries.org. Um, they're doing a lot for the young men in this area. Um, we're in the biggest era of fatherless homes, and um, and I think we need places like 
rally point and mentors. Um, and I think there's, especially the inner city schools, there's a big need for what I call, you know, a lot of people call him the OG or whatever, you know, the older guy from the neighborhood that maybe he did get into a little trouble back in his day, but some of these kids really relate to some of them men from the community. And we have a big need for mentors. So big shout out to West Pennington, Rally Point, everything he has going on. But hopefully Coach McCormick will tap back in. It's been a great, great show. Big shout out to Beast Coast Football Factory. Doing their thing over there. Um, Coach Najee, you know, I salute you. Everything that you have been doing. Um, you've been going hard in the paint, as uh, <laughs> as they would say. Hey, hard in the trenches, big dog. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. No, trenches. man, you know what, man? It, it's all about it, it's all about strengthening our players, bro. And 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 that's that's kind of my driving force is you know, is to make sure that all our trenches in particular, I know I end up work, we end up working with a lot of other different uh, uh, skill sets, but to make sure all our trenches, man, are, are quality and that these kids are getting the work and that somebody and that all of us continue to believe in the, in the skill set and the passion that they have for the game, which is the, you know, the unsung heroes, man, and, and to kind of always give them a platform, to, you know, to, to, to own their size and, and to own their skills, right? Um, so that's what we strive to do, brother, and keep encouraging the game, man, and and encourage and encourage uh, coaches to uh, to also to also keep getting better, man. We all, I love to have guys in, and we just sit and chop it up about football, man, and and, and strengthen uh, both our skill sets every single day. We always strive to get one percent better. I hope everybody does, and uh, I know I'm on your side, bro. If you're if you're in the game, man, you got a teammate in me. And uh, we'll always chop it up. And I'm always looking to make my brother better. Uh, and, and I and love doing these Sunday episodes where we can get coaches from all around the country. And I'm sure absolutely. shout out to Coach Nadine, man. Um, I tried to get him up in the piece, but he had, I think he had a breakthrough scrimmage going on with beat behind the pads breakthrough. Yeah, um, Coach Nadine is an awesome dude, man. I've known Nadine for years. I played I played football with Nod at the semi pro level. I've coached with Nod at the semi pro level. Man, this dude is an awesome dude. He's super passionate about the game. That's one thing, man, that me and him share immensely is you know, is is uh incredible uh enthusiasm on the field, especially on sidelines, man. You're gonna hear both of us. Microphones are not needed, neither are whistles. <laughs> no, I'm sure Coach Felix the same way, man. Just we're just pat, you know, and, and all the coaches that really come on this platform, right? I know we, we talk a lot here, but but uh, you know, our skill set is in is in uh, you know, being able to being able to teach and get that through to our youth, and you know, not afraid to not afraid to teach the kid that swims upstream, but just to teach him to not stop swimming, right? And that his that his path is just as important as anybody else's, man. And we, you know, and these and these guys out here that are that are that are getting these kids places that they'll never be outside of football, right? Outside of the opportunity, and to show them that it's more, and to use his 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 uh his organization's name that there's a lot more behind the pads that we have to that we have to uh you know nurture 
big shout out to those to, dudes. Uh, Coach Najee, um, my condolences to your to your grandmom. You know, and like I said last week, this show is well dedicated to the life of, of that that lady. Um, I love everything that Coach Nadim does. Um, oh, they actually canceled the scrimmage. Scratch my head. My kids run up chimneys for smoke. We never duck smoke. Um, yeah, that's a good line, man. I might have to use that one. <laughs> let me play something real quick that I put together for Coach Nadine. I like that. I just step and do my own dance. I ain't rocking shit else. I want my own brand. Ball game everything. Ball game snapback. Ball game V-neck. Ball game backpack. Ball game. We strapped in salute to behind the pads. You know, what I like about my program, and I hear it from a lot of people, that I give coaches – no other media outlet will let you guys say what, like, you guys have the platform to say how you feel, good, bad, indifferent. I'll always allow coaches. And a lot of media platforms will not do that. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But you're in it for the right reasons, Mike. Like I yeah, said, guys like, Nah, guys like Nah, guys like Stan, anybody out there that, you know, that we didn't mention that that's out there. Giving our, our youth the opportunity to do big things, man. Shout out to to Emerson, uh, you know, and other guys doing the line things like myself, man. And we, you know, really out there just just trying to shape the game in a whole sense, you know, from the refs to the coaches, you know, coaches to the players, and then you know, obviously, uh, trying to uh, uh, sprinkle that knowledge onto the parents too, so that we all grow in a whole sense, so that village yeah, strengthens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. You know, and me you and Emerson are working on getting together, you know, bringing a alignment camp to Rhode Island and then maybe eventually, who knows, seeing how it goes, you know, builds from that because we definitely need alignment camps, alignment competitions. Um, but let me get these sponsors out the way real quick and appreciate everybody that helps us make this possible. Big shout out to Voice. Sports, if you have a youth game coming up, Voice Sports will come to your field, interview your kids, live stream the game, and do the PA announcing. They'll travel to you. It don't matter where you are. If you guys can make it work, definitely big shout-out to uh, Samson, the bad guy, the professor. Voice Sports Report is in 22 states, so this show will also be streamed in all 22 of them states. You're looking to buy a house, call a banker. Mark Wright Coastal Homes. We support people that support youth sports. And the Unfinished Business Tour coming up, man. Like I said, Voice Sports is on a tour right now. It's all about promoting the youth consistently. Voice with a Y because I, it's a selfish letter. But big shout out to them guys. But um, Coach Fitz, you, you, you've been quiet, man. Are you enjoying the show? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm enjoying the show. I'm just taking all everything in. Uh, I've kind of just been letting you guys take the wheel. I'm learning a lot, you know. Learning yeah, a that's lot. a fact. Yeah. You're always welcome to come on. Um, oh yeah. Like I said, if you or any other coaches want to come on, follow my platform, Can We Keep Real Podcast page. This streams live on Twitter. It's also be on iHeart Radio. We're on Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Like I'm building the big to be the biggest high school coaches platform definitely i mean I, I i love what you got going on right here man it's it's more of this is needed um you know this is a brotherhood what we got as coaches man we need to be able to Absolutely. lean on each other and, and you know 
help each other grow. Like everybody was saying, this is good that we just have, you know, just some place to outreach and talk and fellowship, man. I, I, I love all this, what we got going on right now, man. And we keep it real. Like we don't do no sugar coating over here. I don't no. allow it. I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want people to talk to me like you would if we was in the barbershop. Definitely. Definitely. And salute to Jimmy's barbershop in Johnston. We're going to probably have a show coming up where we're going to be doing once a week in the barbershop. Kind of like Matt Hoffa does on my expert opinion. I think that's going to be a dope concept for a show. Uh, we'll be down in New York pretty soon with Voice Sports. Um, so, yeah, we're just building a great high school platform with help from some of the sponsors, um, from some of the private donors that have been helping out. You know, um, coaches like Coach Najee, Coach Dunbar, Coach Blake Simpson, Coach Charlie Beeball, Cliff Fulton. My guy, Kenny Long, down in Texas. You might know Kenny from um, Friday Night Tights. He's the <laughs> PA announcer on Friday Night Tights. And I have right. to run and get my charger. So, Najee, why don't you break it down and let us know what you've been doing at Beast Coast. Well, we've been working with a variety of, uh, of athletes from all over. Um, we, we, we grind it every day, man. Um, just trying to give... The kids that are willing to work every day, the platform to do so, um, whether that's watching film. Um, but it's, it's always just trying to hone their craft, um, whatever that craft is, position specific. Um, but, but it's always on growth. Like we said, we strive to get 1% better every single day, um, whether that's lifting. Um, but it's, you know, just offering, offering mentorship and growth. Um, um, every day, um, at least at least we try to. Whether the weather's not issue because we're indoors. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, we got, we got the weight room set up, the field room. So these kids come in there and they work their own uh, situation. If they already have a plan that's in place uh, through their coach or their system, uh, they, they come in there and they work on that. Um, it's, it's every day. They have to. It, it's all about repetition. And, we, and, you know, just giving them the time and place in order to do that. And hopefully having a conversation with that coach, uh, like I said before, to make sure that we're always on that uh, that kind of time. But also now offering uh, coaches a, a spot for them to come train their athletes, right? Because sometimes you run into a situation where um, you just don't have the opportunity to do that and to get in front of your players and to have them under your tutelage uh, all year round. So I encourage coaches, man, to bring your kids and yourself um, uh, to the spot, man, and keep growing with your team, um, especially O-line and D-line coaches where you can get with your, we can get with your units um, and do that. So Definitely. Coach Fitz, what's your biggest pet peeve about your area of football? My biggest pet peeve, I would possibly have to say, I mean, outside, like I told you, FHSAA uh, with all their rules that they have all the time. But I would, outside of that, I would just say the open enrollment they have in Florida. Like a kid can play, uh, let's say he could play at my school and the rival school who can like him. And because we have open enrollment, he could just pretty much transfer to that school and it's nothing you can do about it. Um, I don't really like that. I understand it's the belly of the beast, but you know, it could just get frustrating at times because kids can just quit on a certain situation and, you know, go to another one that they feel is better. Um, but I know all of us have that situation and stuff that we're working on. 
Um, I mean, I, I really don't have too many issues that I have with everything. I try to stay as positive as possible. I mean, it's hard. It's definitely hard, especially the situation I'm in. Um, it's hard on me, you know, financially doing stuff, you know, because the pay is not the best. But, you know, just got to suck it up and keep moving forward. You know, you can't drive it. Turn your radio down a little, Coach. Coach Nod, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? All right, man. Uh, this is Coach Nadine Robinson. He runs Behind the Pads. Uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about what you do at Behind the Pads? Uh, at Behind the Pads, we turn boys to men and men into champions. Hey. <laughs> and you're climbing chimneys now? You're climbing chimneys too? <laughs> Chimney sweeper. Right, BTP, BTP chimney service coming soon. <laughs> we looking, looking for smoke, coach, and everybody, nobody want to give us no smoke. Like yeah, we get, we get, we get cancellations because of the rain, bro. You know how many times my kids playing the rain, man? Like, hey. rain? What's going uh, on, coach? Good to coach see you. Najee's man. here. We also have Coach Fitz. Fitz, where you from again? Introduce yourself to Coach. Coach Nadine. Fitz, I'm from Orlando, Florida. In Orlando, Florida. Peace, coach. What's good, Coach? Hey, I appreciate you, you, Florida boys. Uh, man, my focus is to come down there and bust y'all ass. Hey, man. Hey, we got a nice table for you, man. You can sit down there and, you know, watch how it's done. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. This is what my network's about, bringing coaches together. Definitely, definitely, man. This is beautiful what we got going on here. I'm going to try to get the rest of my staff to come on here uh, for future dates. I just kind of found out about this last minute, so everybody has stuff to do, but I'm definitely going to try to get them to come on because we can all learn from each other. Yeah, that's a fact. We're going to be doing this every week probably. I, I do the podcast about every day, and um, it streams worldwide. I was very surprised to find out Vietnam in sports and football. I'm inside the top hundred for podcasts. That's dope. Really? Yeah, I was like very, very surprised. Um, just like verse trackers, they have um these trackers that that track podcasts, FM ratings, and um my out of the country numbers are, are pretty good. Um, on my audio version, I'm well over a hundred and fifty thousand. Audio downloads, you know, just in youth spots alone. So, um, it's, it's a lot of work. We're worldwide. So, um, if you're in Uganda, you want behind the pads to come out to Uganda and play some football, set it up. I like set it. Now, Coach Nod, you just came back from Vegas. How was that experience? Uh, the Vegas experience was insane for me. I mean, as a grown man, that was my first time in Vegas. And um, when, when I started behind the pads, when I started BTP, I told my wife, I said, man, these kids are going to take us somewhere where, where we, we never thought we'd be, man. And then for us to be like two, two years, three years after starting BTP, we headed to Vegas. I looked at my wife like, I told you. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know what I mean? So that... It's dope, man. To have, you know, it's it's not us, man. I'm just a I'm just a vessel, man, for these kids, bro. It's these kids, they do it. I don't do nothing, man. I just set it. I set it up, and the kids knock it down, bro. I don't do that. I don't not do said bro. will call. I'll be in that will call line. Have my tickets. Tickets. That's <laughs> it, man. You already, you already know these kids go to college. Just have my name. Have my tickets at will call. That's all I, I'm looking for. That's it. 
<laughs> you know, Coach Najee doing doing his thing. Um, you know, the guys I come on my platform are very like definitely I call you guys all the OGs of football. Um for one, you have you're willing to come on my platform. So salute to you, which a lot of coaches are not, but um but that's on on them. But um Coach Najee, Coach Nadim, um, what a lot of you guys are doing, Coach Herlin Perry. You know, salute to you guys. Even the OG Richard Addison, man, got all the smoke. Hey, uh, real, real quick, I don't mean to interrupt, but I definitely got to uh, send some kind words out there to my bro, man. Uh, Najee Barros, man. Him and his brothers, Ibn and, and, and Reem, man. Najee, Ibn and Reem, bro. I, I love them dudes, man. Three brothers. Uh, their mom, Miss Roberta Barros, she did an amazing job raising those brothers, man. They're, they're, they're righteous. They're righteous dudes. Um... I, I, I couldn't ask for more as friends, man. But not, not Najee himself, bro. Like I said, man, me and that, we don't need no microphone, no whistle. Me and that brother, straight passion, man. The bone, man. Official to the bone gristle, man. So I really appreciate Najee Barrow. We may not agree with everything, but at the end of the day, you already know. If you're about to quiz, I'm with you. I hear that about you. I, man, I hear you don't agree with everything. Yeah, salute, salute to Coach Najee, everything he has going on. Salute to what behind the pads. Um, these are the OGs right, right here. These are the coaches that are going to tell you how it is. They're always willing to hold it down, keep it real, keep it authentic, and always keep it 100. Facts. Official to the bone, Grissom. Absolutely, Coach. Yes, it is. So where's your next um event, Coach John Najee? I mean, Coach uh, Nate Nadine. Uh, we're going to uh, Kentucky March 19th and 20th. 17 will be in Kentucky. Uh, play, uh, we're playing in Louisville, the Shock Doctor Tour. Uh, right after that, the next week, our 12U will be in New Jersey, playing in the flag football March Madness. Uh, the following month after that, our 17 will be back in Maryland, playing at FedEx Field. We play at FedEx Stadium, Redskins Stadium, uh, excuse me, Team Washington Stadium. <laughs> nah, that's still Redskins Stadium. And you're definitely going to have to hook up with my guy over there, Wayne Matthews, Voice Sports. That's I want to get him okay. to come down and um <clears throat> and hook you up with the whole Voice Sports entity. Nice. But um, they have great things that they have going on. He was excited to get to meet you um on his tour, actually. You actually know one of the guys that are that are running it, Um, if I'm not mistaken. Chico. Tico Hamley, Sports Farm. You know I'm a Jersey boy, man. That's Jersey right there. You know what Brick I mean? That's City. Jersey. That's Jersey. You already know. If anything pertaining to my state, my home, I already know about it. As soon as he said Sports Farm, I knew what it was. Yep, the Sports Farm Youth All-Star Weekend with Tico Hamley, Atlantic City, New Jersey, April 23rd and 30th. And then the DMV Mid-Atlantic High School Football Showcase with Hans Hill and Landover, Maryland. They have a whole tour what my guys at Voice Sports are doing, they knocking it out the box. They'll come to your field. They'll interview your kids. They'll live stream your game. And they'll also be the PA announcer. Definitely give Voice Network a call. Hey, for sure. hey, Mick, hey, hey Mickey. Hey, Mick. Hey, you, remember I just said, you remember I just said they canceled the scrimmage because of rain, right? Yeah, yeah. Bro, would you look at the freaking sun out here, man? It's beautiful out there. What you want, Mount Pleasant Ave? Yo, is that duck and smoke or not? Any coaches left on this on this live, man? Please tell me if this ain't duck and smoke. That ain't come on, bro. 
Now she wants all the smoke, all the smoke, travel leagues. I got a team down in um Maryland, the Seahawks, that uh they said they'll come here one game and then you could go there one one game. Jarvis Landry, um what's that? What's that tackle, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't do tackle, right? You like flag and stuff. Now, who don't do tackle? Oh, I didn't. Oh, the behind the pads do tackle? Inside nah, the pads. Nah, you, know, you know I'm a Melville Cowboy coach? I just posted somebody has like 30 youth helmets, all 2022 certified for 350 Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll but you know I'm a coach at the Melville Cowboys, so. Tell, tell them to DM me. Oh yeah, it, it's actually in my stories on um on Facebook though, you know. But this is a great network for all this stuff. Um, the New England Intruders—they were actually called the Four Hundred One Intruders. They went down there to Maryland and they got they got spanked. They got embarrassed. Coach Matt Washington brought a team down there. Salute to him, but they were playing Jarvis, um, the Maryland Seahawks, which they're no joke. They got they got a great great team. But if you're gonna bring a team down there. Bring a team that can play four quarters. <laughs> My man's face. You know me, man. I, like I just gotta call it like it is. <laughs> I definitely so got, call it. So they got shot. They got shot. They they the first half was okay, but and, and that's what you see a lot of teams from Rhode Island do. They travel out there. First quarter is okay. The second quarter, they look good. Third quarter and fourth quarter, it's like they didn't even show up. So what do you think that is? So Why don't what you do tell you think? us, Coach Najee? Tell us. No, well, well, well I'm, I'm asking, uh, like, that, that's that's something I'd like to ask Coach Nadim for, for for any of our viewers. on for, for a coach that travels nationally or – speaking to say you're speaking to a coach that doesn't have that that experience what would you say is the biggest hurdle for why uh maybe we don't have the best national uh competition record right what, what is it what is it that maybe separates our kids uh, on a national level I, there it is. I'm, gonna give it, I'm gonna give it to you i'm gonna give you the truth two reasons Two reasons. One reason, because I've seen plenty of teams that were supposed to go take it down nationally, and they could have, but they didn't train hard enough. So the training, the training is good. They're not training hard enough. The boys, the boys in the rest of the country, they're training different. You know what I mean? Can you elaborate on that, Coach? Train, train like an underdog. Perform like a champion. Well, so so that would so that would naturally. Would you believe that starts from the top? Would that is that a trickle down effect learned from the from the environment that the kids exposed to? Are we talking to the coaches and trainers that are shaping these young men? Uh, that well, we're talking to the coaches. I and I, I I tell you that there's two reasons. One reason why is the training. We're not training our teams hard enough to go compete down there. And the second reason here's the second reason. Sometimes you just ain't good enough. That, that that's uh, that's a that's an absolute that's an absolute factor, brother. Absolutely. But let me ask you this: Let, Let's talk about the training, coach. What if uh, you know, uh, uh, do they need to really? Should we? What training are we talking about here? 
Well, it depends on what you're going to do, coach. If, if we're going to play tackle, then you already know what we got to do. If we're going to play 7v7 or flag football, you know, train and prepare yourself for what we're going out here to do. Do you believe, do you believe Rhode Island football is, uh, is on par nationally uh, with, with, with uh, what we're teaching on a football level? Is Rhode Island up to par nationally? Well, well, as far as you know, our our approach to the game is is what we're teaching our kids, our schemes uh, that maybe you seen. Because I know you also have experience coaching at the high school level. I know we're speaking on uh, youth football, but we're both high school football coaches as well. Facts. Um, so is say, let's talk about our high school because that's that's really the top of what we're talk what what we aspire to at, in Rhode Island, right? Is yep. at the high school level. Yep. You know, so uh and and let's you know, in your experience, you're even you're you're coaching at the uh at the highest level in a uh in our in our high school experience, right? I guess you have, so. you have experience at, at one of our most winning programs, correct? Correct. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, what position are you coaching at at that program? We don't even have to mention the name if you don't want to, but what position are are, are you concentrated on in that program? Uh, I'm the receiver coach for varsity. So is what you're teaching uh, emulative I'm, I'm of, of what? So so what you're teaching is emulative of what you've seen on that national level, correct? Exactly. What what I what I what I've been facing on my seventy seven off season tours. So I bring I bring that home like that. That's why I appreciate what we do because I'm. If you know me, Najee, you put me. I, I learn. I learn from anything or anyone. So if you put me in a position in a position where I'm 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 going to learn. So I'm constantly traveling. I'm I'm facing top notch comps. So I'm learning from these guys. I see the way they perform. I see the way I, I see their athletic ability. I talk to the kids. You know, I mingle. So I, I'm seeing it. So I like to bring that back home. But um, what, what we have, what we have in New England, which which is the problem. Here's the problem in New England. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, sure. I'm gonna tell you right now, from a guy from the outside looking in, the problem in New England is talent. Talent in New England, as far as football goes, talent is like chocolate chips and a cookie. There's more cookie around here than there are chocolate chips. Whereas though, when you go when you go face the rest of the country, you're facing all chocolate chip, no cookie. Yes. So, but is that, so is that part of? Is that that sounds like a scheme issue, right? Is that is that just coaches utilizing, uh, trying to utilize those chocolate chips too much, or is that us? No, no, should no, we be just, focusing on, or should we be focusing on, you know, trying to make the best meal from from the ingredients that you have, right? So is that a scheme issue? So what you if that coach doesn't have those? Up. What if a coach doesn't have those uh those kids that could take the top off the defense? You as a wide receivers coach, what adjustments can you can you help that wide receiver coach that doesn't maybe have those uh those dynamic athletes? Scheme. What what should we scheme. be talking about as far as scheme? That's kind of where I'm headed, coach. Is scheme. is scheme. what schemes? What what schemes maybe? What tips can you can you help uh you know the uh the youth football coach or high school football coach just coming in or maybe a guy that's that's willing to now learn something new? What have you seen out there that's maybe one or two tips that can help evolve 
our game on a whole sense? Well, it, it goes it, – it, it, it's an all-around all nutshell, Coach, as far as even coaching – understanding the game that you're dealing with, even as a coach, like we said, schemes, even as a coach, if you're facing a top-notch, if you're facing a team, I have, I've got my ass handed to me. If you're facing a top-notch team that's better than you, well, then you better have a scheme to be able to move that ball. And there, bro, come on now. I mean, we're, we're all coaches here. There's, you, you should, I, I, see, I, that's my problem. I'm expecting everyone to have the same knowledge that I have or the same knowledge of the game. I study this game constantly. And there are so many schemes and ways to leverage a defense. The game of yep. football is about leveraging the defense. If they're in a zone, what do you do to a zone? As an as a, as a, as a offensive mind, that's what you got to be, for one, if you're coaching the offense. For an offensive-minded person, if you're facing a zone, what do you do to a zone? You flood the zone. You put more people than they can guard in the zone. Hey, hey, they're playing man-to-man. -man. Oh, they're playing man-to-man. -man. What do you do when you face man-to-man? -man? Oh, you rub them off. You run rub routes, slant outs, post. You see what I'm saying? Post, post wheel. You, you rub them off. These are concepts and schemes that you got to have on cap already as a coach, bro. And if you don't have those, don't even begin to travel the country. I'm going to tell you right now. Don't even begin, bro. Like, you got to stay at home and watch more YouTube. But so like, like you said, coach, huh? so, hit, so, so, the, so the play on that, not to interject, because that was a great point in what you said. So seven on seven is a very – five on five. I guess seven on seven. We'll, we'll just talk about seven on seven. Seven on seven is a very popular thing uh, nationally. Um, I, I'm sure most would agree. How, yep. how can how, are you guys uh, the guys that are really pushing the seven on seven? Uh, we're really involved in that in that universe. Um, are you guys really striving to make sure that that core you know correlates and 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 is still effective in the eleven on eleven traditional football game? Uh, so so I'm, let me clarify the question because my uncle called me. So you're saying what we, uh, is what we're doing correlating to what they got to do in, in 11 on 11? Yeah. Is it more focused on winning or is it more gimmick ask, aspect plays? Now, I'm asking, say, from a person that's a layman, right? What is the benefit of, of 7 on 7 football? Does that really correlate to uh, – uh, to traditional football, as we know. Well, I, I, so for for me, for a person running a travel organization, my focus isn't seven v seven. My focus isn't five v five. My focus is actually traveling, getting these kids from the state of Rhode Island out of here. And we don't have to go play seven v seven or or five v five. We could just travel and go somewhere. That that's my number one goal as far as okay. it equating to what they got to do. Because in order for them to make it to some of the colleges that they're gonna have to go to, they're gonna have to travel to these camps. I feel that these kids need to be prepared to face the country. In order to prepare yourself to face the country, you got to get out in the country. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. Can't, can't, can't sit here in Rhode Island. So winning at 7v7, Coach, isn't my, isn't my end-all, be-all. We just went to Panama and went 0-4, bro. No, 0 no, 4, no, 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 no. Not, not the winning. Not the winning, Coach. I, I apologize if, if you mistook my uh... – no, no, I was about to, I was about to go on. Like, like I said, like winning, that's not my coalition. Um, um, what seven v seven does for the for wide for skill positions does equate to what they got to go through in eleven on eleven. Um, so basically, just basically, the aspect of the game seven v seven is going to prepare them for for their for their uh fall seasons anyway. But my you, my focus, go ahead. You ever you ever run into teams that you feel are, are are doing stuff that's just to win the game and not actually teaching proper football? All the time, bro. 
Oh, I, I, I sat back last night and watched these dudes with these kids, like watching kids run these routes. Bro, you've been with these kids for two months now, and these kids still can't put the right foot forward when they line up to run a route. These kids are running. Yo, they, 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 they're doing that. Oh, listen, it's, two, it's 2022. When you run routes and you still breaking down, beating the drum. Do y'all remember that old school shit? Hey, kid, run your <laughs> route. Run an out route. You beat the drum and then turn. If y'all still doing that, bro, that's that's what these kids are doing. This 2022. Running an out route is full speed and stride you bang that inside foot and you turn out there's no more beating the drum you know how easy it is for a defender to sit there and watch you break down and then cut in front of the route that that that's the problem i have these guys are definitely not putting these kids up on a new age of what the rest of the country is doing they're not because the rest of the country's not beating the drum no more <laughs> absolutely coach absolutely that's a big fact and um and another thing, I think speaking of Bishop Hendrickson, they're actually looking for um for the the ninth, I believe, and the second. They're looking for uh, teams that want to play them. So if anybody out there in the audience is interested, high school level, you want to bring the smoke, Mass, Connecticut. Um, I think he said Mass, Connecticut, New Hampshire. Um, definitely, they need two games this year. Nobody wants to play the Hawks, so. Let me know, and I could put you in touch with the uh, coach of the team. I just wanted to get that out there. That's unfortunate that they can't fill their schedule. That's uh, well. Here's the thing: this season, testament to that program, man. You know that. Uh, oh, facts, facts. He won the top coach of the year on my show last week. Here's the here's the problem with Rhode Island this year. A lot of coaches are not anticipating this. The league is picking four games. They're leaving it up to the schools to fill in the rest of the schedule which is kind of insane because I know coaches that can't get one game filled on their schedule. And then everybody's going to want to play the better team because playoffs are going to go by points now. Uh, here's, here's, here's the secret that a lot of people might not know, Coach. The reason, the reason why the schedule and, and, and they did the divisions the way they did it is so that now – LaSalle and Hendrick can only have to play three in-state games to qualify for playoffs. Now they can play the rest of their season out of state, which is what LaSalle and Hendrick wants to do because they're getting competition out of state. You see what Catholic Memorial did to both of them. You see what New York did to both of them. You see what uh, you see Massachusetts came down. I was at Marshfield, came down and gave LaSalle the business. You know what I mean? Mm. They're, trying to face, they're trying to face out-of-state teams where they can get competition because, like I told Coach Nah, there's not enough chocolate chips. It's too much cookie in Rhode Island. That's right. And the other thing is, like last season, Hendrick and LaSalle played them first two games. So they come into the season without playing one Rhode Island team yet, and they already control the one and two seed. Exactly. So, so now they only got to play three in-state games to make playoffs. So the rest of their season is just – and, yo, I'm going to tell you right now, face, facing Catholic Memorial, any team in Rhode Island can go play Catholic Memorial, go play that Marshfield team and that Bishop Sigamore in New – I mean, not Bishop Sigamore. Fiend, that other New Bishop York Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They play that other I New York them. team. I, yeah, you could do that, bro, and you'll be ready to play anybody in Rhode Island. <laughs> no, that's a fact. Catholic Memorial took it to LaSalle. They took it to Bishop Hendrickson. Um, great, great Catholic, quality program. Catholic, Catholic Memorial was impressive. I'm going to tell you right now, I learned so much watching that game, man. Oh, my God, bro. I studied the film. I studied the huddle after the game. 
Um, I, the game is, oh my God, that Catholic Memorial, hats off to them. That program is insane. That offensive coordinator, he put up 49 points in one half in Hedrickson's house. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, Keith Croft, salute to him. You know, he don't really get as much love amongst Rhode Island coaches because of the whole private league thing. But he actually won our uh, – he became the, the top coach in our top 11 Rhode Island football poll that, that we had. And salute to Coach Croft because even though he won, what, 13, 12 out of 13 championships, you still got to put it together every season. Facts, facts. But, bro, I appreciate hollering at you, brothers, man. I appreciate y'all. Y'all stay blessed. I got to get out of here. All right, Najee, man, behind the pads, Coach Najee. Hey, listen, man, Coach Nod needs smoke. You can't be letting them kids climb that chimney. That's getting a little dangerous out there. But uh, So if anybody wants to play behind the pads, link up with Coach Nadim Robinson, hashtag behind the pads. They on all social media outlets. All right, bro, be good. All right. Coach Najee, you still with me? Still here for a few minutes. Yo, this was a great, great show today. Um, You know, it was a great time to network. I like to do these regular shows on Sunday. I think this is a good time, good date. Um, And just to bring coaches from all around the country together um i had like seven eight coaches that that were planning to be here um but it was nice talking to coach fitz out there in florida we was talking to the coach from ohio we was talking to a coach from maryland today we had on umass dotman ryan mccormick on and i wish he was able to answer them questions about the transfer portal because uh that's actually a topic that a lot of people are on um coach Wes Pennington said shout out to Najee. So uh yeah, here it is actually. You're, you're getting love from all over the joint, Najee. You know, um hey, my dog Wes, man, he's a that that is an awesome dude right there, man. And you know, it's 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 a pleasure to know that guy and and to be a part of you know anything that he's involved with, you know, because I also help out with the youth in uh uh, West Warwick, uh, the West Warwick Steelers and the Ocean State Steelers, which is their uh, uh, their spring football, uh, their spring football organization. And uh, I know Coach Pennington is, you know, I hope Coach Pennington, you know, shows up and and, and, and is able to guide that youth man because they really aspire to, co- to play for him. I'm hearing a bunch of great things uh, in the community about Coach Man. They really. They really love Coach Pennington out there, man, and he's got a bunch of a bunch of young uh bunch of young kids coming to him that that's raring to go and, and be under his wing. So yeah, shout out to Coach Penn doing his thing, doing the Lord's work as well with Rally Point Ministries. The only way to stand is together. So definitely check out everything that. Rally Point Ministries have they have men's breakfast um coming up soon. We'll have to get the date. Uh, Coach Penn also has his own podcast and go get his book. He basically breaks down in the smoker manhood going through, but he kind of breaks it down, you know, pretty much like uh cooking. But coming up next, we're gonna have MG Bear from the Seahawks coming on to break down what they have going on in Providence Free registration for that youth league um 15u 
they have a lot of high school coaches up in their feelings grabbing some of these uh, freshman kids. But we're going to talk to Coach Bear up next. Um, Coach Najee, any? Oh, here we go. It says, yes, Najee, April 9th at 10 a.m. We should go raid his breakfast, Coach Najee. You know, uh, free men's breakfast. I think I'm going to be there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Coach Beer, he's uh, he's also a good dude, man. He does a lot for the for the youth in Providence. You know, that's another guy that's a that that's a pillar in that in, in his community. You know, the guy's been doing it for a, a a long time, man. Another guy that's super passionate. You know, another another coach, man, that does not need a, a whistle. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's there, man, and he fights hard for his for his kids, man, and. You know, anybody that's in his organization, man, you know, you got somebody that that's that's on top of it, you know, fighting for your fighting for your best interest. You know, I like that dude. He's a, he's a good coach. Yeah, so definitely check out the um yeah, he'll be on next, so tune in for him. Check out the men's breakfast. We're gonna get Pastor West Pennington up in here. Let's see, get the pancakes ready. I hope you're gonna go, Eddie. Um it, yo, they're gonna have the whole Nine. I hope they're gonna have bacon. You gonna have bacon, Coach? We'll be there. Um, but Pastor West Pennington, great, great thing they have going on at Rally Point Ministries. Um, check out Beast Coast Football Academy. That I factory, factory. I always get that factory wrong. Um, he said, absolutely, we going to have bacon. That's April 9th. You know what? And maybe we'll do a live streaming of the podcast. You know, as well up there. But um. Coach Najee, what's going on at Beast Coast? Anything this week that people um should get get down there and check out? Man, <clears throat> just get, make sure, man, when you come through. You can come through any day. Hit me up all the time, man. I'm always looking to chop it up, come through to the gym. But more so, coaches, bring your guys in. I'll give you somewhere, a place for the train, and, and, and get those trenches right, brother. So that's what it's all about. There's always something happening at Beast Coast. Just hit me up with – or. Or follow the page, and and uh, you guys will find out immediately. He said, my guys love Coach Najee, and I am thankful for him. And we're going to get down to Beast Coast Factory and do a live uh, show over there. Um, Absolutely. In hopes to get maybe Beast Coast on as a, as a new uh, sponsor. So uh, we'll see how that happens. But um, Coach Najee, thank you. Much love, much respect. You already know where I am, so. Um, Absolutely, Mike. Appreciate you having me, bro. It was a pleasure. Okay, Coach Najee, man, tuning in. You know, great, great shout out to him. Shout out to Pastor Pennington. Shout out to Coach Pennington. Shout out to Coach Eddie Insko. Shout out to Coach Flitz that came on the show today from Florida. Ryan McCormick. We had a lot of guests on the show. Maryland. Coach came on, you know, talking about a private school, what he's up against with no youth football. But coming up next, we're going to have M.G. Bear. We'll catch up with Pastor Pennington, see if maybe if we could discuss his new book. Today, Coventry High School's banquet's going on as we speak. Third time's a charm. Coach Piver and North Smithfield, what's going on with your banquet? But everybody... Thank you for tuning in, always keeping it real, always keeping it authentic, and always keeping it 100. Don't forget, we now stream on Voice Sports Network, available in 22 states and worldwide, so check them out. 
And I'm going to leave you with the NBA going to a new basketball this season. Oh, my goodness. Every GM needs that. Oh, that's the play of the night so far for Miami. Wade, alley-oop to James. There's the exclamation point. Alley-oop to James. Alley-oop. There it is, there it is, man. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate that. No, nah, baby, 99 ain't good enough. Keep it warning. You ain't got a lot. Are you really putting it? Then I ride you outside of the 